Six-pack lap it at. Got my man Caffrey here. And uh, we got a bit of news, sir. Got a bit of news. Some powerlifting news is going on. So, for those who haven't heard, let's slingshot record breakers, previously known as Reebok record breakers, ceasing to exist. That's it? That's that. Now, some people have some comments about it. Let's walk back the timeline for some people who don't know. There's some controversy involved. Now there's some shit talking involved. And there's people back. People are picking sides. Um, some of it's kind of typical of powerlifting. You know how you know how things go. So let's walk it back and do a proper timeline. Um, Reebok record breakers at one point. Pretty big. Guys like Jesse Norris. All the heavy hitters were in it. Jesse Norris did his famed... Um, possibly GOAT performance, I believe it was out of Reebok Record Breakers. Typical untested meat. You got a monolift, you got wraps on your knees, deadlift bars, and so you're crushing some big weights, given that you don't have to walk out in squats, um, wraps on your knees and a deadlift bar, so you're going to be crushing some big weights. For sure. 24-hour weigh-in. Southern Powerlifting Federation is was the, the federation that was sanctioning these meets. Now, if you're asking yourself who's the Southern Powerlifting Federation, you're probably not the only one. They're not exactly world beaters. Um, don't know a whole shitload about them. And I know quite a bit about powerlifting. Been in the game for a hot minute. I've heard of them before, but they're not the biggest offense. Fair. Um, so they're, they're judging previously at some record-breaker events. Sometimes fair. Sometimes... Sometimes suspect. But, okay, previously, but it wasn't, it wasn't outright, I don't remember outright outrage about mm. it. So, leading into this year, Reebok is no longer doing the record breakers. Mark Smelly Bell, bless his heart, okay, my man Smelly Bell steps up to the plate. Now, Mark Bell is a bit of a controversial figure himself. He got his IPF, he, he, he got IPF approval for his equipment. Uh, and it threw it out there how much you paid everything. A yeah, lot of two fifty k in that two hundred fifty three thousand US. Expensive to get that approval. It's 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 not cheap, man. Um, and he put it out there. Some people are, are quiet yeah. about how much they pay. Mm. And I don't know if the IPF wants everyone saying how much. It was almost like cost. a flex, just like yeah, I paid this, I dropped this. <laughs> it was it was a flex on like my man calls himself a media millionaire. Yeah, he's gonna let you know how much money he's yeah. got, but also. Um, he's been weirdly taking shots at the IPF. Mm -hmm. Like, like he, he's saying like, look how much I have to pay to get approval. And people, it, it came off kind of like that to myself. And some people are like, that's bullshit. That's ridiculous. You shouldn't have to pay that much. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that in a hot second. But a lot of people like the, the fees to get approval is ridiculous. I don't think that's the way it should go. And he was kind of leaning towards that. In my estimation, that's how mm. I felt it was. Fair. He was leaning towards that route. Right. And then he was like, look at So he was kind of saying it's ridiculous I have to pay this one? I believe to play, he had to pay, and he didn't like how much he had to pay. So okay. he got the approval and starts harping on them? A little bit. And then... Um, he put out a video leading into the slingshot record breakers, firing shots at the IPF, saying like it's it's a weird campaign being how you paid you got approval yeah 
So if you're that salty, like, just don't get the approval. But he's selling himself. He's selling himself. The market in the IPF, and, and for anyone who doesn't think so, it's you know, It's more than it's it's the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Some people like who cares about the IPF? Then what the fuck? What sport are you in? The, the IPF is by far the biggest federation in the world. It's Pretty not sure. even close. For sure. Tell me, you, you can take all the untested competition, all the untested feds, put them all together, all of them, all together. They're not the IPF in terms of membership. It's just not. Sorry. No. In terms of reach, it's just not. Sorry, there are the, some massive stars in the untested feds. Larry Wheels, mm. Steffi Cohen. Oh, for sure. you got big names out there. And individually, their stars are bigger than our biggest stars. Russell Ward, he's probably one of our biggest stars. Larry Wheels got over a million followers. Steffi Cohen, massive following. But um, So one-to-one, one, their biggest stars are bigger. But overall, the amount of lifters in the IPF dwarfs the, mm. these other feds. It is what it is. So Mark Bell's probably got his back to wall being like, I got to pay to play. It's the way it's, if I want to be in the game and make money and Mark Bell's all about making money and, mm-hmm. and, and he calls himself a meathead millionaire. You know, he himself is going to say this. Fair. He's going to pay, get involved. So he thinks he, so he gets in. Then he makes a campaign talking shit about IPF judging too strict, mm. too strict. He does a video, um, like he's at an IPF com- competition and he's the commentator He's the commentator. Who's the commentator for the IPF? Oh. <laughs> Ironically enough, I don't think he, he wasn't he wasn't taking any shots at me particularly. It's just the way he wrote the script for right, his little right. parody. It, so he wasn't didn't have that in mind. It was just ironically, that's fucking me. Yeah. You you're you're literally pretending to be doing the commentary. But uh, but he didn't that's actually funny. <laughs> that's ironic. That's an after the fact. I don't yeah. think he was thinking anything no. like that. But um but anyways, in the video, he's making fun of, like, in the video, you see guys all full-on doing the splits, and the judges aren't giving them depth, shit like that, because in the IPF World Championships, some people bellyache if they don't get a squat in, and they think that it's low enough, and like, with the shit, and sometimes it's, it, you know, it, I think it might have been low enough, mm-hmm. you didn't get it, but that's sports. But you gotta, you gotta hold people, you gotta hold the athletes to a standard. And, like, there's going to be times where the judges get it wrong. They're human. But, like, you got to have that minimum standards. Like, you hit your depth. Uh, Mark Gary's, or Matt Gary's um, SSP, I, I believe the, the, the tagline, I don't want to butcher this now. And Matt is, like, always on KOTL and all the previews show, shows and shit. He's one of the KOTL co-hosts. Everybody knows that. And it's literally on all his t-shirts. Uphold the standard. Exactly. Uphold the standard. My like, friends, as an athlete, like you don't want to be in a fed that just loosey goosey about their like that was depth that wasn't like you're a few inches high. Like I don't want to have a record where everyone's like, "Yo, man, that was clearly high." Like, so here it is, and I'm glad you just said that. Hang on to that thought because we're going to talk about Andrew Herbert in a hot minute. But I don't want to skip ahead too far just yet. Okay, so so Mark and that's a perfect segue by the way so Mark so Bell's perfect segue <laughs> perfect segue Mark Bell's firing shots about um, IPS judging depth etc so the the he's slingshot record breakers takes place and Andrew Herbert hits a world record squat mm. and you have um, our boy Mark Bell is uh, giving him the check he's got a big his face 
on the check. My man is not, uh, I mean. That's a bit of a flex right there. That's a bit of a flex, man. My man is not the most humblest gentleman in the world. Uh, his most recent video, where he's, his Black Friday sales, he literally makes God in his image. No. Oh, man. <laughs> and he comes down and talks to himself. Whatever. It is what it is. It was actually funny. Fair. I got Mark Bell. I got no problems with Mark Bell. Um, but it just, this kind of somewhat blew up in his face. So there's him giving Andrew Herbert the check for breaking the world record. And going into this, he was using those videos, downplaying, like taking shots at the IPF and they're judging. And then Andrew Herbert himself afterwards views the video of his squat and says, holy shit, I don't think I feel good about this. And um, essentially says, I, I don't, I thought, I thought it was high. I myself thought it was high. And everyone was coming at me saying, bro, I don't, that squat was high. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? Just be honest. I watched my squat back and it looks high. Looks high. And he said, I wouldn't be mad at all if people don't recognize that squat. Right, right. Very honest lifter. May I, look, Andrew Herbert, we had him on the podcast. Dude is, if you see this, if you're watching on Instagram, or sorry, if you're watching on YouTube, my man's a fucking piece. Hmm. My man's got traps up to his ears. Look at those arms. He's got, he's got <laughs> arms like I got legs, which ain't saying much because I don't got big legs. Hashtag, yeah, you feel me. We're, 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 up, <laughs> a body, legs. we're, we're, we're up a body, dudes. But um, he's stacked, okay? Uh, he fought MMA, jiu-jitsu, the, the guy, but he's also the nicest fucking guy that you're going to meet. And humble. And humble enough to come out. And he could easily just skate it through this and be like, hey, screw it. I'm yeah. Gonna, a record's a record. If the judges pass it, I'll take it. Not my job. Exactly. But Andrew Herbert is that dude. He's going to speak his mind. Right. So he says, and you know it's bad when the lifters themselves are like, I don't think I would have passed that. Mm-hmm. And if people don't want to recognize that record, I as well. When he's totally it. cool about it not being recognized, then that's people, something. If it's debatable, then usually benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt. But, but if it's like where you're like... Mm, I don't right. feel good about it. You, you know, it was, it was, it was probably something where like anyone probably could have been like, "All right, let's hide." <laughs> so, so uh, also previously, Kevin Oak had come out, and Kevin Oak had said, um, "I'm looking at the untested." And he didn't drop the federation in particular, but he said in the untested division, in the untested federations, I'm noticing the judging is getting worse and worse. Oh yeah, the shit's getting off the rails. Mm. People like the it, people are squatting higher and higher. It's starting to be like multiply, where dudes are squatting too damn high and it's getting past, and and they aren't upholding the standard. They're almost making a new standard or high is acceptable. It's starting to become and you're chasing like, records. You gotta start. You gotta draw a line somewhere. So in some of these competitions, it isn't a showdown necessarily. IPF worlds where you have like it's a for real world body. People all over the world are showing up. The depth of competition you have. You know, top five can be battling it out type deal. Right. Where so many competitions, because it's spread out over multiple federations, and it's tough to get everybody to show up anymore in the untested. Mm -hmm. You are no longer having big showdowns. You have records to go for. Right. It might be like, well, I don't have anyone to, to go head to head with me at this competition, but I'll go for a record. Exactly. So to continuously have records fall, sometimes the judge's got to help out a little bit. Mm. And you know, it's not really upholding the standard where that happens. People get a little results. Mark Bell throws out a video talking about it's ridiculous how deep the IPF expects you to squat leading into his sponsored event. And now you show up and you're a judge at a small puny fed. You got a guy like Mark Bell showing up. The and there's irony. A little, you, got a, you got a little bit of pressure on you. 
Like, Mark Bell's, like, making fun of people half in a squat too low. Right. You're a judge. He shows up handing big-ass checks, and all of a sudden, I think the pressure's the other way now. Yeah, the judge is like, wow, wow. You're going to take that away from him type deal. Exactly. It's like, I guess I, ha- I have to give it to him. It's almost <laughs> like, you know, not quite have to, but you'd be lying if it's a small-ass fed, man. Mm-hmm. It's a small-ass fed. And a guy like Mark Bell shows up throwing checks around. How do you not feel a little bit of pressure when that mm-hmm. video comes out and everybody's talking about it and now you're a judge and someone takes a world record squat, they announce this, is, feel, a, this is a world record. I feel if you're going for a world record squat, that's when you have to be even stricter on the rules. I feel if it's just a whatever, like someone's doing an opener and they're like, ah, I'll give it to them. But a world record, that is taking it from someone else. You have in. to. You have in. to be like, yo, this is depth. Like if it's questionable, no. It has to be everyone unanimous that is taking the world record. And some people say, well, I mean, across the board, should every every squash should be judged the same. Fine, across the board. It wasn't, it, they, they were all certain. It, it, there was a lot of questioning about this. Right. So let's double back a real quick. When Mark Bell's talking about having to pay 253000 et cetera, when you have a for real global body running a and, and, and the IPF is a for real global body campaigning in the Olympics, etc. And they and they the events are as big as they are floating around the world in the infrastructure they have in place. That the difference is you don't hit a world record at a local competition. Right. You don't bring your fellas together to have a competition and, and have them judge. No. Host you, a little cookout, throw it on camera, have a few judges, and be like, world record, throw world it up. record. The standard is upheld. Yeah. International judging. Yeah, IPF, you hit you hit a world record at nationals at and provincials a and a world record. And some people say, uh, "Well, that's stupid." I know from firsthand. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know exactly. Some people say, "Well, that's stupid." Weight is weight. If um if it's a world record, but it's at nationals, or not you were the first to lift it. No, man, because then you could have a federation in the middle of you know somewhere in the eastern block mm-hmm. where there's no streaming and we just see the a spreadsheet that gives the results it's <laughs> it's so like, we got 10 world records that fell at our nationals well we I guess so we got 3 qualified judges who said so I guess so right no that's not how federations throw some cash on the table I want this record <laughs> if you want a sport that's legitimate and this is what Kevin Oak and Andrew Herbert said they want legitimacy to the list if you mm-hmm. want that if you truly want that you can't have world records at a local competition you can't I have agree. world records on a national competition. You have to have world records on an international level only with internationally qualified judges mm-hmm. only. And you need to build this kind of infrastructure in place. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it, it takes a lot to put this together. None of the untested feds have put this together. No. You have basically. No, it's too loose. You have dictatorships, basically, where someone comes in, like, I'm running a fed, and that's it, I'm just running it. You throw it together. Your meet director is like a promotion as opposed to. You know, amateur sport where we just have like people voting in, and you get voted in presidency and voted in this, mm-hmm. that, and the other, and whatever. Like, there's there's protocols. Yeah. You know, people put forth different federations that can put forth changes they want to see in your federation. Mm-hmm. If that number take an unofficial world record, and <laughs> if that's all you want, then that's all you're gonna get. Yeah. Exactly. So, so let's leave that. Let's put a pin in that for a second. Reebok, or Reebok record breakers turned slingshot record breakers took a lot of heat. And um, they just made an announcement saying, all right, man, we're, we're packing it in. Mm. We're packing it in. That's enough. No more record breakers. And here's what some people said. So here's Jesse Burdick said, um, 
Let's take up. You know what? Keegan Dillon, actually. I think he posted first. He said, basically, dear powerlifting, you guys fucked this one up. Mm, strong. Period. And then he goes in. He doesn't get into a whole heck of a lot of detail. Yeah, strong is right. Strong. <laughs> That's a strong comment. Yeah. Dear powerlifting, you guys fucked this one up. I don't know who he's saying it to. If he's saying the fans or whatever. He says down here, um, I don't know what's going on in the sport these days. It almost feels toxic. Everyone's quick to point a finger and place blame. There's nobody ready to help out or lend a hand. Can we be better? Can we stop running a good thing? Can we stop ruining a good thing? Maybe think past ourselves and our image. All right, you know, to an extent, I feel what he's saying. There's a lot of people who hop online, talk shit, and never give back. That's true. There's a lot of people who never will sign up to spot and load, don't hold competitions, and it's hard. Mm. And, and, and for myself, when I think about Reebok Record Breakers and the heat that they've taken lately, I don't think it's the meat director's... God bless. If you can put together a competition for people to show up mm. and showcase, Takes you can, work. hard work. If you can put together a competition and get sponsors involved, and you're picking up the phone trying to get these guys paid, God bless, man. You're doing. You're oh, doing respect. Yeah, respect. But when when you put together that competition, and a federation, a Mickey Mouse federation shows up, this is what happens. Mm. That's what I think that that it falls. If we're gonna point the finger somewhere. This is where I think we're going to start running into problems. Exactly. Okay, so here's what some of the comments were. And some of them, so the Southern Powerlifting Federation, and I quote, replied, Why is it no more what happened? Why is it <laughs> <laughs> What happened, sir? All right, man, if there was ever a quote from the Fed itself that didn't make no sense, well, that's pretty much wraps that up. My man replies back with capital, ha, 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 like, why is it no more what happened? No periods in there, by the way. Not why is it no more. Not even a comment. What happened? Yeah, no, Turn no, into the grammar. I don't even think there's... <laughs> my man, that was the federation that... that like, that's that's embarrassing, man. <laughs> Who you got running your Instagram when that's your official... <laughs> what the hell? Why is it no more what happened? Maybe you... Maybe, maybe, that pretty much sums it up. That pretty much sums it up, my friends. Um... So anyways, here's, here's Joe Stanek, who's with TSA, uh, the strength athlete, huge coaching service, and here's what Joe Stanek wrote in reply when he heard that. I would never want something awesome um, that, that brought strong people together to end, but at the same time, the extremely loose judging of this event has become the standard by which world records are broken here is wrong. A world record should be judged fairly and with consistent standards. Sad this was the result, but the records set at other events with better judging will be better off. Said a little better than why is it no more what happened. What's that? <laughs> said a little cleaner than why is it no more what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what, when you said that, I didn't even understand what the fuck you said. And then I didn't realize, oh, you were quoting the Fed's official statement. So, um, in my man... Jesse Burdick, who, who was the meat director, replied back, um, Joe, if you think because one of my meats is gone that judging across the board and every fed is going to be better, I think you will be sadly mistaken. And then Joey Can Johnny Candido um, of YouTube fame replied back to Jesse Burdick, USPA judging seems to be just fine on average. And... and the the less meets like this, 
the greater the percentage of future records will be set in the USAP in the USPA setting, which is true. Um, let's continue on. Nobody is setting up the straw man that this single-handedly corrects judging. It just cleans a stain. I understand it hurts to know the sport is better off without this meat given your position, but it's the truth. Mm. And what basically Johnny's saying, if I can expand on that, whereas Jesse Burdick is saying, my man, if you think one competition leaving is going to clean up the sport, you're mistaken. And what Candido is saying, my friend, if USPA, which for the untested is probably the standard for, for in terms of squat depth and okay. you know, judging, Fair. In, in terms of um, untested, they just they take the records from any fucking fan. It's not like the IPF. If you're in a tested competition, you should be in the IPF. Mm-hmm. If you're an untested, they don't really know what fed you should be in. There's so many feds, and they just accept whatever records have been hit in whatever fed, basically. Mm-hmm. And when the USPA is trying to make themselves legitimate, you hold a competition outside of the USPA, and all these records fall. When people go to the USPA for a legitimate all-time record, they're like, well, let me see. What's the squat world record that I got to beat? They look at the list of squat world record, and it's from a fed where you have the squat an inch high. It's like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be breaking world records in the USPA anymore. You just you just handicapped everybody in the USPA who's, exactly. legitimate, who's getting legitimate calls. Right. And that's where... That you, incentivized them to go elsewhere. <laughs> and that's where one competition can handicap the rest of the sport. Exactly. In, in terms of the untested. That 100%. is where, yeah, everyone goes to your Fed, and everyone goes to this competition because they know it's lax judging, smash mm. world records. Now, no other world records in other Feds are going to be able to keep up unless they also want lax judging. Exactly. Uh, and now you're starting to set a trend. If mm. you ever want these records to fall again, you either need somebody so strong they can beat somebody who did it with lax judging, or the other Fed's got to do lax judging as well. Exactly. So that's where Johnny Candido had a, a good point hit right on the head. Jesse comes back. LOL. Thanks so much for your thoughts. Not sure what the LOL is all about. I thought that was valid. Mm. I think that was valid. But Jesse wasn't, in terms of Jesse's verdict's uh, response, I'll give him this. The guy took a lot of heat and did not fire back like a troll. No, he just thanked them all over he, there. You know what? He showed some class, and I'm going to give him that. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't think it's his fault. The guy put together the competition, he wasn't judging that shit. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I don't think the guy who puts together the competition should even approach the judges and say, now listen, fellas, listen, ladies. No. You shouldn't even approach them and say, I've, I've heard this, I've heard that, I think you guys should do this, I think you guys... No, you don't want a promoter getting involved with judging at all. No, that's when it gets sketchy. Exactly. So I don't put the blame on Jesse at all. As a matter of fact, I think he's doing his part. That's why I kind of feel bad for the guy. He's mm-hmm. the one taking a heat here. Exactly. I think it's the homie who didn't know how to put together a sentence representing the federation <laughs> that probably needs to jump in there. Why is it what happened? <laughs> or whatever it is. And then Joe Stanick replied back. Um, he tagged Candido and said, exactly. And then he tagged Jesse. I'm not saying it will, but the large number of records broken down your meat that don't meet the standards of the rules is high compared to many others. Johnny is right. As, as much as it hurts and is sad, the sport is better off. Mm-hmm. And, and like no one won't fix the problem but you gotta start you gotta Jesse, start cleaning it up <laughs> and Jesse replied back LOL once again thanks again yeah. now I'll give you okay he's putting LOL but he's also getting attacked so he's just trying I think he's, he's, diffusing, he's, diffusing the situation he's laughing it off you like, know what? Oh, yeah. I, I see what he said I acknowledge it and that's basically all he's doing is acknowledging the comment I can't hate at that no my man's getting attacked when it really I don't know if they're, they're not necessarily attacking him but he feels on the spot and it's not really necessarily him. 
It's got to hurt, though, yeah. that he's in this position. 100%. Now, should be said, so Jesse himself posted, and um, this is what Jesse had to say. Jesse made that. So that post originally was on Keegan Dylan's uh, Instagram. Now, Jesse himself posted and said, there's a lot of noise out there regarding record breakers. The truth of the situation is that the meat became more of a problem than it was worth. With all the good things it was responsible for, it brought an equal amount of negativity. Any questions or comments about, about my decision to no longer put it on and anything surrounding it can be directed towards me and me alone. And if you feel free to do and if you feel free to do something. Stand up. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Fire away, I'll answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got now we read some of the negative. You got people like Steffi Cohen, Chris Bridgeford, um, Andy Wang. You know, uh, there, there, a lot of people jumped in there, Kayla Willow, were saying, you know what? I'm sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. You did a good competition. I got nothing negative to say. Right. Um, Steve Gentilly. You know, there's a lot of people who went in there and, and did have good things to say. It wasn't all negative. Mm-hmm. But someone did comment and said, if it wasn't the judging, then what was it? And I got to think he's someone reflecting. It's got to be a little bit of the judging because he took a shitload of heat about the judging. Right. Even if it wasn't him. Um, he wasn't a judge. He's a meet director. But he took a lot of heat about the judging. He actually said in one of the comments, um, so someone said, would you still be, would you still pull the plug this year if it wasn't a shit sandwich due to judging? Was that the negativity straw that broke the camel's back? Always enjoyed watching the meat take care. Jesse replied, I don't consider this year a shit sandwich actually at all. And it wasn't the judging. The lifting or the interweaves response. It was dealing with the entitled lifters. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that That's an interesting mean? comment. And unfortunately, so someone says, can you say more? And he says, hit up my stories, homie. I hit up his stories, but I, I'm a little late to the starting line. It's already gone. The stories were gone. And they're not archived. Please, if you know the background story. Share. Please do share. DM me. Entitled lifters are the reason why he pulled the plug. Now, even if he's saying that, I gotta think at the very least it doesn't help that there was an overwhelming shit talking about the judging. Right. And it doesn't help that the credibility of your competition went from eight or nine to four ish. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't help. Because yeah. people are literally giving back their records when they show up at record breakers. It sounds like there's now more of the story. But the plot thickens. The plot has thickened like my man Andrew Herbert. <laughs> it is thicker than Andrew Herbert's neck. Oh, man. I'm wondering what that means. Um, and I would love to hear Mark Smelly Bell talk about it. I don't think we're going to hear it, though. I think he's going to be quite as kept. I wanted to, to repost his video where he's talking shit about the IPS squat depth, but it was nowhere to be found on his Instagram. Mm. Now, maybe I just didn't find it. Potentially. Maybe he took it down. Who knows? Who knows? I probably would have. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I never posted that shit. What are you talking about? No, no IPS squat depth is fine by Yeah, me. I love IPS squat depth. We need more of that. <laughs> but um, I would love to hear... You know, I, I'm not sure about... Like, I, I think some of these people are taking... There's heat being tossed out there. 
I want to see what the Southern Powerlifting Federation has to say in more than one sentence with no punctuation. And, <laughs> and, and please do, you know, my man Jesse Burdick is taking a lot of heat. Some people are coming at him and, and like spotters and loaders and shit like that. Those aren't the people. And um, so I would like to see the Federation itself step up. And, right. and let's, let's hear about it. What do you got to say about this? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Are we going to see a little reform? Is is possibly, you know, I want to say it doesn't really fucking matter. They're not. None of their competitions are going are going to move the needle major after this. I don't see them sanctioning any big competition afterwards. I would love to hear Mark Smelly Bell talk about it. Mm. What's he say? Um, does he have anything to, to to throw out there? Because you know, after posting a video like he did, firing shots at judges. And then you are the main headliner. It's called the Slingshot Record Breakers. Are you you got something to say? Mm-hmm. You were quick to talk shit. Are you quick to Are you quick to address this if it pops up? Or are you just going to be quiet and skip, right. keep it moving, and start posting about your Black Friday sales with your with your with God in your image? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's one thing to be the guy to start up, and and one thing to not address it as well. I also want to read one more comment on this issue. Um, hamstring Pappy, my man Sean Noriega, he is not one to bite his tongue when it comes to this. Um, and this is what Sean Noriega had to say in the comment section. Just because it was a fun time doesn't mean it was a well-run meet. You guys can still host a cookout here for old time's sake. If you want records to count, the judges better be able to do the job right. Ooh. And then Jesse Burdick, ever the... Uh, professional just said, thanks for your feedback. No LOL this time? No LOL. Oh, thanks man. for your feedback. And look at Matt. But man is like again, he's 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 holding the line. He's being professional in there, which I which I can actually appreciate. Yeah, for sure. Hamstring Pack B comes back again. What Slingshot has done for the sport is undou- undoubtedly a positive that I think everyone has been influenced and grateful for. But there was a clear-cut rules about how each lift is to be executed and judged. In the age of social media, where it's very easy for all of us to assess the validity of a judge's call, I think it's fair to ask for adherence to the rule book at a meet at which records can be set. Which, when you're in the untested, is any fucking media. Mm-hmm. That is half the problem. But we already addressed that. Record Breakers has genred a reputation of being a joke comedian, standard-wise over the past few years, which I'm sure isn't a reputation you want for something you put a lot of your time and resources into. Nor would the lifters who participate like to be discredited for their hard work. Cue Andrew Herbert and his statement saying, I was a little disappointed. Surely if the meet were revamped and better judging was implemented, there would be no issues. Jesse Burdick came back. Thanks for the suggestions. Thanks for the suggestions. My he man, switched it up this time. Switch it up this time. Switch it up this time. Look at it. Um, yeah, I mean, look at hats off. The guy The guy could easily went into defensive mode. Oh, yeah. And just start firing shots. Probably put his phone down afterwards. It was like, man, fuck these IPF, USAPL lifters. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, most of the people talking shit were from the USAPL, IPF. That's true. That were the big names. I'm sure in the comment section there are some other people mm. who, but the names that popped out to me that I recognize were all IPF, USAPL people saying basically good riddance. And then the people who were in the untested were all saying, hey, look, I, I didn't mind the meat. Sorry to hear. Yeah. Whether or not, now Andrew Herbert, Kevin Oak, in the untested division, they said they don't like the judging they've been seeing. Right. I think a lot of people who are saying condolences are basically saying, look, I see how much work you put in. 
and it's just an all the, the load has fell on your shoulders, and I feel sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you put a gun to their head, you said, do you like the judging at some of these competitions? Do you think it's helping better the reputation? I think they'll be more honest. I've heard. Depends on their squat depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, or the person's squat depth that broke a record, and they're trying to take that record mm-hmm. back. Yeah. It's like, oh, sweet, somebody took my record, and they were they were an inch high. Oh, that's cool. I'll squat an inch higher in the next meet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know how this story ends. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I, I think for for my my final thoughts on this, and I'm getting some DMs that people want to hear about it. It's, I I, I hate to say, I'm not quite of the of the good written situation, mm. but when it when, when the credibility has been hurt that badly. Sometimes folding it and rebranding and coming back. That's true. Drop the Fed that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, with <laughs> to go back on the quote. What was the quote again? <laughs> we know, understand. Something like that. I'm totally... We we know what. Something. What happened? <laughs> um, what happened? Um, <laughs> drop that Fed. Uh, get yourself a Fed with some with some quality judging. And, um, I mean, he could come back. Hopefully this this doesn't, everyone involved with Record Breaker's spot is loaded. And everyone does the thankless jobs, which includes the meat director and everyone involved. Because you hate to see an avenue that people can hit the platform make a little dough. Mm-hmm. You hate to see them leave. Exactly. Slingshot, giving money away, beautiful. Like to see it. But possibly, my man Mark Bell, ease up. Firing shots at the IPF. Ease mm-hmm. up a stitch. Yeah. Ease up a stitch. I don't want to see Gaston Parage now making a video saying, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's, what's up with you? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Gaston Parage, four more years as the IPF president. Yeah. Um, I say that hanging on. But, um, so, Gaston Parage is IPF president for four more years. And um, under under his tenure as the IPF president, um, the IPF is absolutely blown up. So it's not a major surprise that he's going to be in again. Some people are asking, is Gaston Parage going to be IPF president again? Um, you know, are they going to get, I don't even know who would have been in the running. Right. Is some people are asking from different feds when they are, or, or, you know, you get in conversations in the DMs. Sometimes I go in the Kingless DMs and I could, I could crush a day in there if I want to. Um, if you start going awesome, back and man. forth, if you want to go back and forth with people. And um, some people, when, when the, Every four years at the IPF equipped World Championships, they will they will elect people. This year was an election year, and uh, people were like, "What do you think?" And asking, I was like, "Man, there's no question to me. Gaston's going to be IPF mm-hmm. president again." Under him, the 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 amount of lifters has exponentially. Where's he from? Uh, Luxembourg. Lux- Luxembourg. Luxembourg is like a hundred thousand people or something. It's like a city state. Mm. Um, it is in in Europe, and very small, but uh, a very strong economy. Um, I think one of the richest people in the world is from Luxembourg. Oh yeah, it's not Gaston, by the way. But <laughs> but uh, uh, if it was, powerlifting would be probably all over the all over the TV. But um, yeah, Luxembourg. Um, but under under Gaston, man, the the amount of lifters that like in terms of the the growth of the sport, ridiculous. Shut the front door. You want to talk about how many people have joined the IPF since then? The type of sponsorships we have since then? The quality of the media we have? Here's another problem with some of these federations. I love the checks. But when you tune in and you watch the stream, 
it looks like I'm watching it. Someone com- has a camcorder recording that. Looks like we're coming from a local high school. You know what I'm saying? Like you could go down and get a local high school kid to put together. Like you, you, and I'm not single out uh, any single competition, but a lot of them. You'd be shocked. Like it'd be the big check skin handed out. And it's like, how much of that did you put towards your streaming and whatnot? Because a lot more people are going to watch this online than are ever going to be there live. If they can actually watch it in decent quality. Um, it'd be, it helped, man. It's how you grow the sport. And Gaston was like, he said one of the chief things. We want, it, we want the sport to grow and to make it grow and to make ourselves gain reputable and become reputable not just through powerlifting but other sports to actually look at powerlifting. We need strict judging. Mm. Gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. You come to the worlds, get ready. And we need, when you tune in, it looks like you're watching television. Right. Went out and he gets a contract from a TV crew for the BBC to come down and set up. And that's the IPF World Championships. They got TV crews coming in there. So it's straight up professionals. Mm-hmm. So you got to do it. You want commentating? You want the best in the business. And we got King of the Lift, six-pack, lap, lap. No, he never said that. But, <laughs> but, but, but I'm, I'm tooting my own horn. He got me. But um, but, but, but for real, uh, he's, he, they, haven't, they, they want to increase the popularity of powerlifting. And they decide this is how we're going to do it. You know, we, we, need to, we need to do this. We need to have, like, credibility is key. And if we're going to keep growing, and people actually tune in and they hear about powerlifting through watching Steffi Cohen on Instagram, like, let me actually tune into her competition. Please let the judging be proper. Exactly. Please let the stream look like you're watching TV. Yeah. So it actually is. So it actually, you walk away and be like, oh, I, that, that seemed like a real sport to me. When we were on the Olympic Channel, um, and all the other sports on the Olympic Channel, you watch the same bolt. On the Olympic Channel. You understand? You watch like all the best, all the Olympic sports on the Olympic Channel. When they put powerlifting on the Olympic Channel and people want to check it out, they're not powerlifting fans. They're just like, let me see what this is all about if I like it. It better not look like it's coming from a local high school. No. It better not look like it's coming from a local gym. It should not be your cell phone or camp. <laughs> no. It has to look appropriate, man. Um, and the money has to be dumped in the appropriate levels and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, A, that's where the money's going to, if you're talking about sponsorship money, um, to continue that. And, and uh, B, upholding standards. And that is why Gaston Parage is the IPF president for four more years. And um, I, I, think, I can't think of a better guy for the job. Straight up. I think what he's done is, is uh, I mean, you could holler at me. If you want to debate it, shoot me DMs. I feel very strongly that Gaston is... Uh, He's he's not the hero you want. He's the hero you need. <laughs> not all heroes wear capes. Not all heroes wear capes. But uh, but there you go. There's my thoughts on it. Anything else in sporting news, my friend? I don't know. I don't know I, what's in, happened lately. In terms of powerlifting, I believe um, those are the major ones. Just some highlights for the IPF equipped world championships. I know we don't do a lot of equipped mm. coverage. King of I'm, I'm not, really bad at falling equipped. I'm not the biggest on equipped. Uh, myself, people know that we do. I did post some highlights and killing this. People hit me up and were like, "Why aren't you showing equip?" I dropped some videos in the comments. People were like, "Get this." Hey, sh-. there's some equip. Some people like, "Hey, there's equip that's great." Some people like, "Get this shit off." <laughs> You're like, "What is this?" Some people like, "What is this? Why am I watching somebody can't put their arms down to do a bench press?" <laughs> and um, not gonna get into that. That's fine. It's not for everybody, but I do think we we should give a little coverage. Show a couple highlights. Um, Reyes Thin 
from Canada won uh, Blaine Sumner, who is the super heavyweight, uh, took the world championships for 120 kilo plus. Shout out to my man Blaine. He was on the show. Super nice dude as well. Uh, he, it was a great podcast episode. This is the oldies podcast, man. This is this is me and Randy Cook in 2017, oh, 2016 man. had Blaine on. Taking us back. You were but a child at the time, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, Youngin'. And also, our boy, Kajel, mm. who we're going to have on the episode. So, real quick, Oleg Jaroslaw from Poland. 18 years straight. That's IPF World Championship. That's a dynasty. Wow. Is that a dynasty, do you think? That is a dynasty. Does that constitute a dynasty, do you think? That is more than, that's like three quarters of my life right there. <laughs> Dog, <laughs> 18 years straight. I mean, go to any sport, try to find 18 years straight. Not not a single off year for 18 years. Ridiculous. The man's in his mid-40s, born in 74. Um, and so he was the GOAT 74 kilo equipped lifter. And Kajel from Norway defeated him and took the 74 kilo title. So it's a massive win. Um, Oleg, some people hit me up and said, well, Oleg didn't have the greatest of days. His, his total went down. Guess what, man? You, wait till you hear the injuries that Kajel had to deal with mm. leading into this. It riddled, he doesn't even know if he can continue. Oh, I'm not gonna, it's, it's terrible. But he still pulled it off, and that's what champions do. It should also be noted, and we're going to have Kajel on, and he's going to talk about himself, but it should also be noted, Kajel is now the only man to have defeated Taylor Atwood, who I know it's young in terms of the raw IPF worlds. But he did it. But he beat Taylor Atwood for the IPF title in the raw division, classic division. And and Taylor Atwood's probably the GOAT. Raw, 74 kilo. I know it hasn't been a lot of years yet, and he's only won it back-to-back, but he's also the IPF points king and the king of the entire sport in terms of IPF points. So that probably sways him towards GOAT status because he's able to do that. Um, so he defeated Taylor Atwood and Kajel, he de- who, who is obviously the equipped GOAT, 74 kilo. So my man has become the GOAT paper. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about the nickname. because a goat, goat tamer. A goat isn't the hardest animal to tame. <laughs> when you're the lion tamer, that's badass. That's how to tame a lion. Picture him in a, in a farm you, just like petting a bunch of goats. <laughs> I'm not sure about the, the nickname. He's not exactly the GOAT killer because Atwood came back and that's when he won his world titles back-to-back. Um, but he, he did, gives him trouble. He, but he gives him the GOAT trouble? <laughs> no, that sounds even worse I'll than the work GOAT on it. We'll work on we'll it. we something good. But as of right now, if Taylor Atwood continues his run, um, you're talking about the only man to have beaten both Taylor Atwood and Kajel who are both the GOATs in the two divisions, and he beat them for world titles. He didn't beat them at a local competition. He didn't beat them at a national level. He beat them for the world titles. The only man ever to do it, that's a hell of a fucking little caveat. Mm. That's a hell of a little, that's, that's, that's something to have in your back pocket on your resume. So he immediately inserts himself into GOAT status and is within the debate. I don't know if he's number one, but it's a certain, talking point. He's, it's a talking point. There you go. It's a, we're talking. We're talking about it. Exactly. So, so let's have him on. I want him to talk about his showdown with Taylor Atwood. I want him to talk about, um, obviously, his, the defeating Oleg 
and uh, the injuries he's facing and everything he's facing leading to Sweden and uh, and what the future might hold for this young man. And ask him what he thinks about the goat team. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think does he prefer? <laughs> um, so with no further ado, let's get my man's all right, well, we got ourselves the 74-kilo Open World Champion, and um, some people are calling you the Goat Tamer. <laughs> <laughs> some people are calling you Goat Tamer. Um, I want for, you know, it's it's funny. So we'll get into, like, Sweden, and we'll, we'll get into your recent just world's win, uh, beating Oleg, who is, I believe, the longest-reigning IPF champion ever. Um, yeah. but, uh, when we were doing the 74 kilo podcast with the Americans leading into yeah. the, the national championships, one of the, one of the fellas on the show was like, Hey, look, um, the, the, the U S raw nationals for 74 kilo is even tougher than the world championships because this is the depth of competition and, and there's a lot of them. So it's true that there's a lot at the top, but Taylor was the first one to raise his hand and be like, hold up. I think you're forgetting about Kajel from Norway. Hold up. And then we drop some of your stats. And for some people who don't know, you have totaled as a 77 kilo. You are a small 83. You were basically a 74 kilo who did a water cut. You totaled yeah. 773 kilo, yeah. which is a monster. When we told the fellas that, they were like, holy shit. We're like, oh, yeah, 773 as a 77 kilo lifter. So you're basically a water cut away. And then um, when we were talking about the equipped and some of the fellas, I, I heard some rumblings. Well, Oleg didn't have a great day. His total went down. Hold up again. My man has totaled 900 kilo in, in, in equipment. So it's not, yeah. you know, there, there's more to the story, right? Um, but to this day, I know it's still early for the classic division to have a greatest of all time, a GOAT. Yeah. But because Taylor is the champion of champions for every single weight class, he's won back-to-back -back years. If we were to say Taylor's looking like the GOAT, if he wins the SPD Invitational, let's say he's the GOAT, classic, and Oleg Jaroslav is definitely the GOAT in equipment, you were the only man alive to have defeated both goats in, in both categories. And you did it, and you did it for a world title. Yeah. You, you didn't just do it on a local level, you didn't do it at a national level. You you had to beat them both at a world championship. Um, the only man ever in history, which puts you right up in the mix for that, because it's tough. It's tough to be good in and out of equipment. Yeah. Um, so so it's been a minute. I remember we talked. Uh, leading into Sweden, um, and um, I want to catch some people up because you told me in private some of the ordeals you had, and you had some big goals for 2019, and they yeah. could have been derailed badly. And for people who don't know, if you just look at the results, you'd be like, "Oh, what the shit!" You know, its total wasn't that high. And again, they don't realize what your potential is. They don't realize what you're capable of doing. So I want people to know the background story. And yeah. um, I think it's a good one because you could have easily pulled out and be like, I'm not going to be to my full potential, so I don't even want to show up. I'm not going to try. And um, I'm just going to, you know, if I'm not 100%, I don't show. I don't play. I take my toys and I go home. And instead, yeah. you showed up against Taylor. You showed up against Oleg. And the rest is history. I mean, you ended up making history. 
Um, so let's bring it back. Leading into Sweden um, for the World Championships, the showdown against Taylor. Everybody's excited, hoping you can push him, hoping you can make a battle of it. And what ended up happening on your end? Uh, I knew like many weeks before the, for the Worlds that this wasn't my meet. My shape was not good. I wasn't able to train after Europeans. It, it was too close. Um, and I had some problems with my back, injuries all over again. Yeah. But but I said that I just I just needed to go now. I didn't come to Canada. But I was like, okay this year I'm going to come. No excuses this time. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't the, the best day. I don't I think I did like four good attempts or something. It was like I'll yeah. yeah, it wasn't for for sure. And you're right. You didn't. I'm telling people your story in terms of what happened, but you didn't tell anybody you were injured because you didn't want to make any excuses. But um, yeah, you got one squat. Uh, looks like you went three for three on bench and three for three on deads, but your your total dropped significantly. So you yeah. you got your opener squat, never got another squat again, and totally readjusted your numbers for the rest of the day. Cruised in silver. You know, I mean, a silver medal at the World Championships isn't exactly, you know, <laughs> that's, it ain't bad. Um, and on that given day, Taylor put up a world record. And so nobody in history um, would have beaten Taylor on that day. So maybe what it is what it is. You don't aggravate yeah. injuries. You're going in there injured and you don't want to get further injured. Yeah, I couldn't do anything with Taylor uh, anyway that day. I think with the great shape, it still would, still would be too hard. He had like the, the best day ever. <laughs> nine, nine for nine. Uh, he went uh, nine for nine. Seven, yeah, seven hundred ninety point five kilo total. Yeah, so he had he had like the best day, and my day just just sucked. And <laughs> when 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 people are just like, "Oh, grass with with the lifting it was so good," I was like, "Yeah, okay, the placement was good, but the guy I." Took down in 2017, just beat me by 60 kilos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how can I be happy about that? Yeah, and here's the thing: like, even if 790.5, even if that that would have been higher than you could have posted, you would have gave him a push. Like, you have you have totaled 773. If yeah. you add on to that, you know, even if you add seven and a half kilo, ten kilo onto that, you're pushing. He's got to take you yeah. serious. It's a battle. It becomes exciting. Yeah. And that's really what, um, I know that's what you wanted to give up. I remember in the podcast, you were firing shots and you were doing it. Taylor knew. Taylor knew, like, when you were talking trash, saying, like, bring your best, whatever. I think him and everyone in his camp knew you were trying to hype up a showdown because showdowns are what people want. Um, yeah. Right? Records are good, but when you put a poll, would you rather watch records or would you rather watch showdowns? 85% said showdowns. We need, that's what sports are. You know, and yeah. and you were like, look, I don't know if I'm going to win it, but I'll do my part. I will talk a little trash. I will push this man. If he misses a lift, he's in trouble. He has to go nine for nine and have the best day ever. And that's what you were hoping for, nonetheless, yeah. you know. And I think I knew it. Taylor knew it. Everybody knew it. So, like, good. Good, man. It's good that you show. Uh, but I know what you mean more when you show up and you're like, ah, it's, I'm, I'm not going to be able to give that to him. Not gonna be able to put, you know, you're injured, you were hurt, and you could tell you were hurt on the platform. You know, you look like you were lifting in pain. Yeah, uh, 
I remember in 2017 when I uh, beat Taylor. Uh, I, I know he wasn't in his best shape. He he had like two silver medals on the world, I think, the years years in the past. Yeah. So in 2017, I knew I, I had the best deadlift. I knew my shape was good. I wasn't in the best shape, but it was good enough. Yeah. It was like one year since I went down from 83 to 74. And Wales was good. And then the Arnold's Europe came, and I did even better. Um, too bad I didn't go into the 74 that day, but it was almost a great meet. Uh, it was, I think, the two, two weeks before the meet, I, I had a 200-kilo bench kind of easy oh, wow. after that i had some problems with my uh, shoulder and i think there was an injury for like one year or something so oh, wow that's yeah made when, it difficult when you decided to do because you're a water cut away when you when you posted yeah. that 773 which at that point was ridiculous um yeah when you posted that up and you're only 77 kilo you could easily made 74 kilo why did you decide not to was it was there if Recollect properly. Was it a world record deadlift in '83 you took? Yeah, I did that. That wasn't the plan really to take the deadlift record. I didn't even think about that. But when I was there on the day, uh, I don't remember because I was thought about the water cut, but I don't remember exactly what was the plan. Uh, but I don't think the water cut went that well. Okay. So, yeah, so I had some problems after the plane, so I was weighing, I think I was 76 or 77 the day before, and I was like, okay, I just need to eat something and just drink and just try to have fun at the meet. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so my squat was great. I'm not the best squatter, but the, that squat was good, 257.5 or 10 kilo PR uh, that day. The bench was 190, so that was 2.5 kilo PR from the Wolves. And to the deadlift, we or I always train with straps, and they use a roll bar, and then it just destroys my hands. Yeah. I can just feel it at 120 kilos, so it's like, okay, this is going to hurt. <laughs> so yeah, that's the problem for me, only using the straps. But I think I could pull more that day. I mean, you, so, you you broke a world record in the 83 kilo when you were just 77 kilo. So the yeah. deadlift was it was still there. I mean, you hit 325.5. And yeah. even, even to this day, we're just adding chips on that. Like that was yeah. that was um, you know a little over a year ago, and we're still not far beyond that. So the deadlift was still huh. there. Like that, you got a monster deadlift. Yeah, I did the same. I did the same in 74, like one month later at the nationals. But then I pulled conventional instead. Mm. So, uh, yeah. But after that, I had so many problems, so many injuries, my hips, my back. And it's, it looks like it's just hard for me to just continue doing well. It's, uh, I remember before the Worlds this year, I think my, my highest squat was 235 and my heaviest deadlift was 285. Oh, whoa. So there was like far away. There was from, a problem. You yeah. knew, like, hey, we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can train heavy, so it's 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 hard to be good at raw lifting. You have to lift heavy raw. Yeah, that's like how it is. 
it's not how it is with equipment, but that's how it is raw. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not what I'm wanting it to be, but yeah, I can't do it so much. And, and when you're going into Sweden, and you kind of knew like, man, my my total is gonna drop, my total's going down. Were you thinking like, did it ever cross your mind I shouldn't show up? Or did you tell yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. So I was just like, okay, now I just want to drive my car into the truck over there so I can just. <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing, isn't it? Really? That would be better. Damn it. But no, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was uh, a little sad to go, but I was like, okay, I can still do a great performance. I didn't do that, but <laughs> I was hoping for like some magic just to do. Yeah. I don't know, 760 maybe, just something. Yeah. Yeah, just, I, well, here's the thing. No matter what, getting a silver medal at the MPF World Championships is crazy. You know, I mean, it's it, for most people, that's like, they would be beyond happy with that, and that's a hell of a resume you're posting up. And you're yeah. right, you're right in that, I mean, how many times have we seen, so you're not 100%, and your total drop, dropped quite a bit from 773 for sure, but... Yeah. Um, you don't know if Taylor's 100%. Taylor has bad days as well. You don't know how the other guy... You're assuming he's a, he's 100%, and he was. And he, he posted up... He ended up doing the biggest total we had ever seen. But he might not have. And the day you decide I'm pulling out is the day that person shows up like, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you talked about it, like, for some podcasts ago. Uh, like, when you're going up against the competition, you're like... Okay, when I'm meeting Taylor, he's going to have like every lift is going great. He's yeah. going to have the best day ever, and that never happens. Yeah. But it happened to Taylor now. It's like okay, yeah, okay, okay. just yeah. just just like pull four hundred kilo in the lift as well. It's like <laughs> okay, you have your day. It's okay. But so having said that, the total opposite. So when you left Sweden, and just yeah. like we had said. Um, not everyone has the best day they've ever had. Sometimes people show up injured and they are dealing with shit just like you're dealing with shit. And that's why your 2019 is such a, a good sports story. So you yeah. leave Sweden and you know I'm hurt, I'm injured, and you're going into this world championships and you're thinking the same. You are not going to post in the 900s like you previously had in equipment. This this equipped world championships, you're thinking, fuck, if this is like Sweden, you know, and you could have easily pulled out. You could have said, man, Sweden, I don't want to do Sweden again. Silver medal's good, but I, 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 I don't want to come in second. You see yourself as a world champion. You've been a world champion. Yeah. And just like we had said how you don't know if, you're, if your competition is 100%. They might, they might just keep going up, up, up. But usually not. Usually it's hit or miss. And, um, and... That day, both you guys walked in there banged up. Both you guys were 100%. And it just came down to who's going to gut it out. Who's going to hit the list they need to hit. After Sweden, before we get into the World Championships in Dubai, and before we yeah. get into the battle with Oleg, and I mean, man, you just got nothing but killers that you have to contend with. You In the classic, you have to go against the king of powerlifting. He's the number one powerlifter world champion champions. And then in the equipped... You have the biggest reigning dynasty goat of all time. Like, you can't get away from you. you. <laughs> Everywhere you turn, you're like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah. There's no breaks for you. But, nope. uh, so after Sweden, what were you thinking? Were, were you, 
Like, was there a moment of, man, maybe I should hang it up? Uh, maybe like, uh, yeah, after meet, I was like, I'm finished with this. I can't do this. This, this is not what I do. To get second place is okay. It wasn't that, but it's just that bad meat. Like, yeah. not like, I scored like 30 kilos less than 2017. It's like, yeah. this is not what I'm doing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe I should just focus on equipment. Uh, but I still tried to get stronger uh, without equipment. But I had nationals three weeks after, I think. And then it was like, it was bad. It was really bad. It was like, I think I did like 710, 7.15 or something. Wow, this total is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, was just, I was like, just okay, let's just get this done. And I used the summer uh, just to try to get injury free. And it, it kind of worked uh, really good. I felt good. Uh, got uh, better flexibility. So, so things started to be good. But when I started to gain weight, like on the bar, yeah, uh, things happened again. And, and, and what I, was it? What was it specifically? Do you know what the injuries were? Uh, my lower back is always there. I'm like asking my coach, like, does it always hurting pulling like over 250? It's like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and so it. I don't think I ever had pulled a deadlift in the last two years without having any pain. So I know I'm strong enough, but like it, it's hard. I can have one good day, but mm. having like pull, to pull deadlift four or five times a week can't do it anymore. It's it's uh, it's too hard. That's the good with equipment. I don't need the heavy lift to still get do good at competitions. And what about the hips? You're saying the hips. Was there issues with the hips as well? Yeah. To this competition, I had a lot of problems uh, with my hips, like just be standing up. Like oh. at work, I, it's like standing a lot, going, uh, walking a lot. And there's so many times that I just had to like hold onto something because I couldn't be standing on my oh. on my. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is not good. Yeah. But it was it was better to have like 200 kilos on my back, then to just like sit down and just stand up. Because it like, it like steadied you. It kept you Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Wow. Yeah. So I went to the doctor and said like, okay, can we just check this out? And we started with the hip and he was like, okay, let's just take some picture of it. And after we took it, he uh, asked me to come down with the surgeon and he was like, if you continue with this, you're going to have new hips before you're 40. And I was like, okay. But <laughs> is there anything you can do? And he was like, nope, just quit. And I was like, that's, that's harsh. Like that. Yeah, that's harsh, man. I, I, you're like, I got Taylor Atwood. You're like, I got a third match with Taylor Atwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like, you can't do it anymore. You, you can't even run. I was like, okay, this sounds like... A little uh, dramatic. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you just have to take the volume and load down. And I'm like, how, how well? And he like, you don't know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay that's like, and he was like, you should not go to the, the worlds in Dubai. Uh, and 
Of course I did. Yeah. But, but, but when, before you get to that, when, when you went home after that conversation, and he basically just, you went in there thinking, we're going to find a resolution. Well, yeah. uh, tell me what I got to do. I'm going to do it. Because you're what, 30? 31, yeah. 31. So you're not, you're not an old man. Okay, this is your this is your prime years for powerlifting. You should be entering your prime. Um, Taylor's around the same age, I believe. So you're like, all right, we'll we'll get it fixed. People who are thirty don't get told by their doctor you need new hips. So when you get told, it's over. What? Yeah. Okay, you thought Sweden was hard. Okay, and just like get a little health back. Like, like how bad was it to take that? Even emotionally, mentally, like I would have been in depression. It's too sudden. It's you know. Yeah, yeah. It was. uh, I have many friends that like they're not doctors, but they're like uh, physiotherapists and things like that, and they 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 see more resolutions than just the problem. So I'm not like that. I have to just stop. I think there is something to do. Yeah. I know I can train different, uh, maybe be more flexible. I was I, I was telling them, like, okay, I know my flexibility ain't that good. So every time I go in the hold and squat, it's not maybe perfect. But maybe if I get more mobile, I can maybe hit that better. And they were like, no, doesn't help. And I was like, what? What? Yeah, what are you saying? They're just like, He's just go. Just go kill yourself. You yeah, don't have to do this. Like, I'm like, what? He's, he's like, I tell you what, you got six months to live. You want me to be honest? You got six months to live. You're like, what the fuck? If you squat yeah. again, you will die. That's it. It's like, dude, wow. Did he say, was it like the cartilage was going and worn down? Was it, did he get specific or? Uh, it's in my hip flex, uh, flexors. Uh, I don't know the English word for it, uh, but it's, uh, it's like you're getting bone to bone. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's called, but... I think, uh, I'm not sure. It sounds like the cartilage was completely gone, and then yeah, you're, rubbing bo- you're rubbing bone on bone, and, and yeah. that's it. And they're, and they're... Were they talking about... So a new hip, You, I'm assuming if they give you a new hip, when you are way too young for a new hip, but that's the end of your career if you get a new hip, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't do it if I'm... Yeah. Getting a new hip. So uh, I've talked to my coach. We're just trying to do some new things in training. Uh, I'm going to take some new pictures in April, I think. Okay. And they're going to see if it's worse or better. Probably not better because they're just so so negative. Hey, I, see somebody else. This dude sounds like a Debbie Downer. I don't know if he got a fight with his wife before he saw you. And he just <laughs> wanted to ruin someone's day. But this dude, it's, he sounds a little too abrupt. To be like, yeah, he's nah, the best in Norway. They used like in the the Olympic team, used to say. So, I don't know. Even if it's even if they can do anything, it's just not the best thing to hear before I meet. Yeah. My, co- my coach was like, don't go there. Don't take pictures. Yeah. Uh, you will never get any good out of it. And yeah. and maybe true, but I'm still want to know like what is happening. Because when I took picture of my hip, that was like only the first thing. I was like, okay, and then we're going to take picture of my knees, <laughs> my ankles, my shoulders, and then going fine. Like you, you, yeah, so, so much. When they so, were like when they were like, let's talk about your knees, you're like, no, let's let's stop. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Let's just do something else. Let's do some heavy squats instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you messed up my day enough. I got it. Um, yeah. So after first off, Sweden happens. You, something's wrong. Let's get this checked out. You hear some news like that, which is basically holy. That's the worst possible news you could get. So when you're prepping now, now you're told basically you're working on borrowed time, and you have this goal to to end the greatest dynasty we've ever seen in powerlifting. 18 years straight, Oleg Jaroslav, am I right? 18 years, correct? 17, I think. 17? 17. Okay. Yeah. He's going, 17. He's, go, he's going on 18. <laughs> um, yeah. The greatest powerlifting dynasty of all time, the GOAT powerlifter. I mean, we've never seen nothing like this. Uh, actually, it was a Japanese lifter, but he took the lead. Um, and you're going to meet him in Dubai. And yeah. you are locked and loaded. Did you tell yourself after that conversation, I should pull out? Did you have the... No. Oh, no. You were still like, I'm never, going in. I don't... I like... My shape was was pretty good. Not the best, but like... When I did 885 at this meet, it was it was okay because I won. But I did like 900 yeah. in March. And I was like hoping to do like 927.5. So... It was not the best day, but my plan was like to do a really good meet now and then go up to the 83 class just yeah. to like get some more fat on, more muscles, just maybe to train and feel better, feel strong. Um, but after this meet, I was like, maybe I have something more into the 74 to do. So I'm go I think I'm going to 74 next year as well. Just like to take the record it, because it, if I... so 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 um i don't want to skip ahead of this competition just yet though so leading into this one though so you you knew you were banged up you knew you were hurt and you knew you had to beat the greatest powerlifter we'd ever seen in equipment and you decided i am not quitting no w was it not when you were going when you laid down in bed at night and you heard everything the doctor told you did you just think like what were, and you knew this dude had the world record obviously in 74 kilo and it would take a hell of a performance what were you telling yourself were you telling yourself i'm just going to figure it out this is not going to be sweden or were you thinking this could be sweden all over again it could be worse what, what was your mental state because i i'm just trying to grasp i think if this was <laughs> everyone listening or watching on youtube be like holy shit like you couldn't stand upright you had to grab things to steady yourself when you're walking the doctor's like, I'm gonna have to give you two new hips, and and your total drop thirty kilo. And you, <laughs> this is scary stuff. <laughs> this is scary stuff. Like, did you, did you do something for mental prep? Did you, did you have to? What did you do in terms of prep, mentally and physically, to get ready for this? Mm, I think mentally, I'm pretty good. Always has been. Uh, to the meet, I'm like, okay, I had some days that I was like down after the they said that to me, but I was like, some days are good, some days are not that good, but it still works. If I can train three three times a week, that's like, that's a good thing for me. Oh, that's wow. like, okay, yeah, yeah, after like two last two years, like it's not that easy anymore. Like now I have three jobs. And I was like, it's not that much time. I tried to get the training that I can fit in. And I don't have that much time as like the 
20 year old boys having like the only thing they're doing that day is like it's training and eating yeah yeah but but that's okay i've been there as well yeah uh but um so the mentally was after some days it was good i was like i'm still had a plan to do big lifts uh i tried to train good at the days that felt good but there was some days like i went out uh on the squats and and i felt like on the workout i felt like okay now my hip is like i'm i'm losing it i was like <laughs> what, what? i was like oh okay and then you, it was standing perfectly. And then, then it was okay. You, then it was okay. You, you walk out and you're like, I think one of my hips didn't walk out with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, when I hit the bottom now, I think I maybe not be up, going up again. Yeah, and yeah. that happened. Like, maybe three weeks before I went to the doctor, I had like front squats, only 60 kilos. And I couldn't really get up. And I was like, okay, something is happening. I'm trying to tell my girlfriend, like, can, can you help me get off my shoes? Because oh, I can't, oh, no. I can't feel my left foot. Oh, uh, dude, you can't <laughs> feel your left foot, man. You, you might have had a minor seizure. You might have. You might have. This is like so. This is crazy, though. Like, is your family? Is your girlfriend like, man, man? Like, were you getting pressure to stop? We get pressure from family and your girlfriend to be like, "This is getting crazy. You can't feel your limbs. You get they're talking about two new hips. Like, what, what, you you sound like one of these fighters that's sticking around too long." Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family's like, "Okay, maybe this is the time to stop." Yeah, but my girlfriend is more like, "Yeah, maybe if you just like go hard now for ten more years, and then you can just re replace your hips." So I was like, ten more years." <laughs> oh, like, damn. Yeah. Wow. So, 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 so training, you had to accommodate the injuries for training and basically get the best you could. Yeah. And when That's you, like me for the last two years or three years. So, yeah. Yeah. And so going, so it's kind of hit or miss. Uh, the Europeans <laughs> equipped. Um, when you hit your 900 kilo total, good day. When you hit 773, good day. But some days you show up and you're like, oh shit, it's not there. We're in trouble. Uh, hopefully yeah. the other guys are not having a good day as well. Hopefully, hopefully we're all at half speed. It was like more than just a bad day, because a bad day is maybe like 10, 15 kilos apart from each other. Yeah. But now it was like I was dreaming about doing like what Taylor did. Yeah. Like, but of course I couldn't do that that meet. Yeah. But I, I'm like I think it's sad that like I can't really lift what my potential really is i know i'm i can be a 800 kilo lifter mm. but when i can't train heavy it's it's hard yeah. it's uh I, I just I, i'm i just hoped i was starting for like if i started with raw lifting for like seven eight years ago instead maybe well, i could be there well here's the thing um i think you said like earlier in this conversation if the total the numbers I get it. You're like, man, I think my numbers, my performance could be, could, the numbers could be better. But placing-wise, you won a world championship in Raw. You won a world championship equipped. You won, like, and, and the guys you had to beat to do it are the best guys we'd ever seen in both of those. So yeah. I know you mean performance-wise, you're like, man, I had, I had moments of greatness. You know, I had moments where, like, it's right there. And you would, everyone wants that signature performance where you're yeah. like, that day, 
that total, I think I could have beat anybody anytime. You know, that yeah. signature performance. And I think it's not just powerlifting, but almost all athletes chase that. We're, we're, yeah. you, you get that feeling where that was it. That was, that yeah. was, bam. I could retire right now. And anyone in the future or the past looks at that, they're like, oh, shit. Okay, well, I don't know if I could beat that. That's your signature performance you can hang your hat on. Yeah. Looking at it, looking right now, we'll talk about Dubai in a second. Do you think you had that signature performance yet? Uh, raw, probably, because, I, or maybe in like two, three years, maybe I feel better, I can train well again. And But when I won in 2017 against Taylor, that wasn't my best day. Just yeah. like, it was an okay day, but. Uh, in 2013, when I won my first uh, Open, and that was a good day. It wasn't the best either, but that was like eight out of nine. Took the world record. Everything felt good. So, but I, I know I can do more. I'm like, I think I'm like two centimeters away from locking out 345 in the deadlifts when I went in 83 to do 970 total or something. Oh, wow. So I know how I know I have more in me. Yeah. So I don't think my best days are yet to come. Yeah, yeah you haven't had that signature performance yet. No. Yet. Maybe the day I do like nine fifty in seventy four yeah. or thousand kilos in eighty three with equipment. Yeah, maybe that day. See, that's that's the thing, and I wonder if athletes. It's hard to tell when you've had your signature performance, right? Because I feel like once you hit it, you'll always have your eye on the next one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those deals where you're like, I don't know if, like, like they talk about Michael Jordan, you know, when he talks about, like, he never felt satisfied. You know, you keep, it's like a dream. It's like um, a destination you never get to. You'll never get yeah. there. When you're an athlete, when you're a world champion like yourself, like Taylor, like in any sport, you say Bolt, whatever. You dream about, when I get this, I'll be at ease. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be able to relax, take the foot off. I'm okay. If someone told me, you can't powerlift anymore. Your hips are done. I'm okay because I did this, that, and the other. But when you're in it, you almost, once you get to that, it's almost like, no, it's it's not over yet. I can't stop now. You know, it, it's like Tyson Fury. Okay, I'm a boxing guy. Tyson Fury, his whole life since he's a kid, wanted to win the world championship, the heavyweight world championship. He yeah. fought um, Vladimir Klitschko. And yeah. he won the heavyweight world championship against a guy who was champion for like 10 years, had like 12 successful defenses, massive. And then afterwards, when everybody was partying and celebrating, he got depressed. And everyone's like, he, like I mean depression, like, like I mean, this, this isn't gonna happen to you, don't worry. But he was like suicidal, drugs, the whole nine. And people are like, what happened? And he's like, man, once I'd set this goal, like when I get there, I'll feel different. My whole life was getting there, was getting to that goal, getting to that feeling. And once I got it, I realized it doesn't satiate you. You're still hungry. Mm. You're still hungry. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel full. It doesn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It, it didn't fill that void. It wasn't, you know, you, it's just not the way it works when you finally get there. And um, I think it's a curse. It's, it's, it's absolutely the most successful people are almost never happy for some reason. It's like, I can't be satisfied. 
you know, or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so many meets like, uh, like, like that. I'm like, now I did to Colic, and I was like, that was cool, but I could have done so much more. <laughs> I remember my, I remember, my, I remember my first meet in 2007. I was like, I did okay, but I was like, ah, I didn't took the. Uh, what's it called? Uh, qualify for the national team. Yeah. On my first meet, I was like, ah, I couldn't do it. And I, for every meet, I'm like, my goals are like up here, but this is still like, I'm satisfied, but not yeah. satisfied enough. Yeah. Because I always want more. I was like, I said to myself many years ago, I want 10 world titles. And after I take the 10 world titles, maybe I'm like, okay, 15. Yeah. Maybe on 15, I was like, Maybe I want to beat Olex, like maybe take yeah. 80, yeah. but yeah, it's, I always want more. And it's, it's, it is a gift and a curse. It is literally, um, it pushes people to greatness to never be satisfied, to never yeah. rest on your laurels, to be like, you're in pain, but you're going to work through it. And that's only when you're like so hungry, you would set, when you're that hungry, you would sacrifice anything to get to that. And, and you, and you are. On the flip side, like you said, you won't, you, you have Matt, you just beat Oleg Juroslav, the biggest dynasty in powerlifting, and it's still like, eh. you know, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, we, we, we were talking about this for so many years ago, like, that I, I can beat Oleg, I just need some years. It's like, it's, it's possible if there's someone to beat him. I know I'm the guy, but. When I, when I did it, then I was like, this was a cool feeling. Yeah. So just have him like uh, under. Uh, but it's like, he was he was happy. He was smiling. I don't know really? what's up with him. You know what? That's interesting. Uh, okay, first off, I think your Oleg Jaroslav moment was Tyson Fury's Vladimir Klitschko moment. Kind yeah. of sounds similar. Um, <laughs> but... You know what Vladimir Klitschko said, and some champions say when they get finally when they finally get defeated, when they've been champion forever, and they finally lose, and they sometimes feel a moment of release of pressure, relief, almost relief, where you're like, no more pressure for 18 years straight. Is this the year? Is this the year? And and the pressure to keep it going is incredible. And sometimes when you lose, later on you get sad. Uh, like a week later, two weeks later. But the first moment when you're walking in there and you feel all that pressure, here we go again. When you lose, sometimes the first feeling you feel, like in the ring, boxers, MMA guys, when when they've been champion forever, sometimes the first thing they say is, you know what? It's a little bit of relief. That that monkey's off my back. You know, let Wasn't that the same as with uh, Jen Thompson? Didn't she say that before I, the Nationals or something? Yeah, yes, she did. Yes, on, yeah. this, on this podcast. She yeah. actually said that. She said, I, I swear to God, I felt really... Because she had never lost a national title. She's in her 40s. She's like... And everyone's like, is it going to be now? Is it going to be now? When we had Kimberly Walford on here, we're like, Kimberly, you have never lost a world or national title you've been in. Never. Like, I, how's that pressure? How do you not have a bad day? And she's like, I don't know. It just... It just is the way it is. But yeah. sometimes when you finally lose, it's like... A little pressure off. I'm human. Allow me to be human. You know, it's it's weird. Maybe down the line, a couple weeks later, you're like, you're upset. But, you know, when you tell me Jaroslav looked a little, like, not like you thought he would. He's a little happy, a little, 
I can see that. You know, let yeah. this guy take the pressure for a little while. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of sad that I couldn't like have that feeling uh, in Sweden because I just wish that I came there and like had something to give. Yeah. Like, like give it a fight. Yeah. I'm like, when I was on the podcast, I was like, I was just hoping to like some magic just had to happen. Like when I get in the competition, things will happen. I will get some more strength. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I on the first one, I was like, okay, hey, there's no magic here. It's like, <laughs> let's just do an arm lift and just go home. It is what and it like, is. Well, you know what? I know you mean where it's okay to come in second, take a silver. If you gave it your all and had a wicked day, you have nine for nine, you had a big push. You're like, all right, cool. Hey, you know what? He had the biggest total ever. No one else was going to beat him either. I didn't beat him. Nobody was going to beat him. Whatever. It is what it is. You feel okay yeah. about it. Because you gave 100%. But when you yeah. leave and you're like, man. You know, some people watched that and thought that was my 100. Some people yeah. watched that and congratulated me. You know, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. you know when you had that's, really- that's the worst part, really. That's yes, like man. Second place? Yeah. It's, it's like when I'm home from competition, maybe it's like a regional meet or something. And people are like, did you bomb? I was like, yeah, I won. They're just like. Oh my god, that's that's crazy! I was yeah. like, yeah, it's not that crazy. Yeah, it's you, like you it's know, the sickest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. People are like, you're like, I'm, I'm like, okay, okay. Like, you, you don't know, know shit. You know, I'm a world champion, right? <laughs> like, I'm supposed <laughs> to win these. Yeah, people. Yeah, most of the people don't know like how it is. Uh, people that uh, who know me is like knew that I wasn't satisfied, yeah. not from losing, but just like had, not having a good meet and. Yeah. I think that Taylor knew that as well. I think it was hoping for a little more competition, and I was really hoping to give him that, but my body couldn't. And yeah, I hope that people can see, like, okay, 2017, it did 757 or 58 or something. Yeah. I would do 7.32. Yeah. I got, like, beaten by juniors, I think. And yeah, it's like, I mean, okay, yeah. well, something is wrong. Yeah, I mean, um, you could tell on squats. You got your first squat, and then you could see the pain in your face, and you never got another squat again, and you could tell this something's wrong. Hopefully you just – I mean, you could tell, man. You could tell. I mean, that wasn't you. You got your opener, and the opener was tough. And something was wrong. Yeah, like yeah. The, the expression on your face was like you were battling through some pain just to get depth and get the walkout and get the squat in. So it was like, nah. I think Taylor – I think everybody knew. Um so he is just like, all right, I'm just going to, I guess I'm going to tr- try for the record instead of a showdown. It is what it is, man. It, at the very least, though, you show like you can't, you just don't give up when you're having a shitty day. You got to pull yeah. it together and fight through it. Sometimes those are like the most gritty performances. When you have a shitty day and you're like, no excuses, man. We're going to finish. We're going we're gonna to finish as good. Whatever I got on that day, I'm going to eat yeah. as much food as I can on that day. You know, what? if it's yeah. a silver, it's a silver, and I'm going out on my shield. Nobody's getting an easy win because you have the guy in bronze who's going to threaten. If you if you show some more weakness and things are really going off the rails, they were threatening for your silver. And you're like, yeah. oh, hell no. I may not beat Taylor, but I am not losing to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how well, that like, is. I won the gold in the deadlift, but I'm like, I haven't think about that after the meet. I don't know even where the medal is. I, I can't even remember the competition. It's like... When you were saying to me, it's like, yeah, maybe the first coach wasn't that good, but I can't remember because I'm just like, I don't think about those things anymore because that was not a good meet for me. Yeah. I have so many good meets 
through my career. It's like when people are coming out, it's like, ah, I won bad meat. I started in 2018. I'm like, okay, in 2018, I've done this for 10 years. <laughs> and it really have like gone through the whole way. I was happy doing 218 the squats with equipment in 2009. Yeah. Now juniors do that without equipment after one year of training. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. how can you compete with that? Yeah. It is crazy. Have it's... you been watching? Did you watch the US Raw Nationals? Yeah, sadly I did. <laughs> You're like, oh, damn. It is some of these kids, I say kids, they're 20 years old. Like, that feels yeah, young kids. to me. Um, they are freaking phenomenal. Like, Austin Perkins, Michael C. Michael C. Yeah, yeah. His squat, um, I can't, the biggest squat, his bench, ridiculous. He had, he had some problems, obviously. Got his deadlift with just the bar, but Ricky Cho, a crazy deadlifter. Like, these guys are young, juniors. Austin Perkins is 20, and he's, they are just, like, so excited and so, like, into the moment. And Taylor, Taylor's got it on him right now. But Taylor's 30, and these guys are 20, and and these guys are gaining fast. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to get to the point where Taylor's going to have to fight to get out of the U.S., let alone at Worlds. Yeah, yeah, that that's, like, that's insane. Uh, I watched it, I watched it, like... It was here at night, so I just wake up, laying in my bed, just watching the results or uh, the stream. I was like, "Oh man, this is like <laughs> <laughs> you're starting on to seventy-five or to seventy. I'm like, what? What is happening? <laughs> what? But, like in two, three, two years, like yeah. they're going to squat like over three hundred kilos, What's like crazy? maybe all all three of them. It's yeah. like there's nothing stopping them. They're like. Uh, and they're crazy. They're uh, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's hard. Like it's hard to think that Taylor might have to fight for a national title and it, oh, like three way fight or four way yeah. fight. They're, they're they're like they're guys coming up. They're guys like Kevin Tran and I mean, uh, there's a couple guys who are young who didn't even put forth their best performances who could be into the seven fifty range as well. They're all so young. It's it's. I don't like. Why is it? Why do you think there is this big jump? In, in like the 74 kilo juniors is it like is it just knowledge of training is it the talent pool is bigger so instead of them going into different sports they come into our sport instead so there's more people what do you think it is I think they're from what you're saying like yeah, the talent pool is way bigger now it's, it's so much more popular um, and I think that like uh, people like me and Taylor shows people that it's it's possible like uh, when I did the 730 uh, world record, that was crazy at that time. Yeah. But now, like, people are opening at it. But <laughs> Taylor is like, he did the 790 now. Now the new kids know that, okay, we know that this is possible. It, it's so much easier to be like the second and third to do it. Yeah. Isn't that Always weird? like be the first one to do it. That That's the special thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's. 100%. That's why um, I tell people like the first, the first, uh, you know, 74 kilo guy to squat 600 pounds. That's very difficult. The first yes. 83 kilo lifter to squat 700 pounds. We haven't seen it yet. We're getting close with Russell Horgy. We're getting close with Jamar um, Royster, but someone hasn't done it yet. And um, I remember talking to Russell saying, if Jamar goes first, because they were both going into U.S. Raw Nationals, and they were both looking like they could squat 700 pounds. 
um, yes. which is for everyone else, it's 318 kilo. And I was like, if Jamar is first, does that mean something to you? Are you a little upset that you didn't get to, to take that first? He's like, hey, as long as I end up squatting more on the same day, whatever, people remember who squats more. And I was like, yeah. it's true that you will squat more and you'll have won the squat battle. However, being first does mean something, like you said, because there's something, I don't know what it is psychologically with humans, but there are mental barriers that we know. Yeah. And when it's that round number, there's something weird about it that is like, yeah. a, and I can't put my finger on it, but there are certain barriers that the first guy to do it is such a big deal. But as soon as that guy or girl does it, a flood of people start doing it. And it's like, oh, well, that's not as big a deal. And now I wrap my head around it. It's weird. Yeah, I, I, I hate yeah it's crazy because people are not getting stronger from it, but it's like, there's some mentality. Uh, I can still not do 600 pounds in the squats, even if I see like 100 yeah. people doing it. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I know what it is, but people are like, yeah, they, they just need to see someone else do it. Yeah. Well, well, like the, the, the story about, um, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but it's true that four minute mile, for a long time, the four minute mile was viewed like landing on the moon. And we all know how the landing on the moon story goes, but they yeah. thought, nobody's going to break the four-minute mile. And then once somebody broke the four-minute mile, within five years, it became not the barrier, but the standard. And all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, well, if you can't run the four-minute mile, you're not even going to podium. And that's how quickly it flipped once one person did it. What happened, this is like the 1920s, 30s, whatever. The training didn't change that much. It's not like, all oh, the advancement in training. No, they were doing the same thing. It, there, yeah. was, there was no major advancement in training. It was just, it was like the, the sport got uber more popular either. It's just mentally people were like, I saw you do it, and now that's my goal, as opposed yeah. to me setting sights lower. And yeah. um, and that's what's going on in the U.S. right now. These 74-kilo guys, they're all juniors, and they're pushing each other to crazy. Man, Austin Perkins is 20 years old, and he's like, I want to see an 800-kilo Total wise. <laughs> <laughs> oh like next year, maybe? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, things might slow down before he gets there, but still, he. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> you, you would think. You would think. Is it 900 possible? I don't know anymore. It's yeah, like. I don't know. I got to think about it. Yeah. It's like, if, if I'm just going onto Instagram and just look at the Mandalorian squad, I'm like. I don't think I want to train today. Dude, Lawrence is yeah, exactly. What the hell yeah. is going on with Amanda Lawrence? Um, I mean, her squat is absolutely phenomenal. She, yeah. she in the eighty-four women's, she's doing. The, I mean, you you go into the eighty-three men's, the male counterpart. She's 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 right up into the mix now. I mean, even even in the eighty-three kilo class, when some of these guys are squatting, I remember in two thousand sixteen when I was a comment that I was commentating for the. Um, Brett Gibbs versus John Hack showdown. Yeah. There was Hack, Gibbs, maybe one other guy in the world is an 83 was squatting in the 600s. That's yeah. 272 kilo. Maybe maybe two or three people were squatting yeah. in the 600s. In the world, yeah. my friend. In the world. <laughs> yeah. two, that was 2016. Okay. 2019. This is three years. <laughs> when I was in Sweden commentating, 
there was like everybody in the top 10 squatted in the 600s. If you're 83 kilo, if you want to be in the top 10, you better be squatting in the 600s. And I remember, yeah. I remember saying in a commentary, what in the world is happening in Sweden right now? Everybody is squatting 600 pounds. You're a bum if you don't. I'm like, what is going on yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, I watched a competition from this like uh, the uh, arena, and I was like, okay, this is this is just crazy. Like, yeah. and then I just saw the deadlift. I, I still had the record for like two years. Yeah, I was like, okay, today is going to go. And I think they took it like three times or something. It was, it got, yeah, because Kathy, who does the podcast with me, took it, and then um, the Swede uh, Carlson Eric or Eric yeah. Carlson took it um, not long after, like like immediately after that, by a kilo, but just a couple kilo. The deadlift yeah. record is actually staying pretty tight. Like it's not getting yeah. destroyed. That one's actually fairly, fairly consistent over the last years. It's the squat that is ridiculous. Um, yeah. And then of course you've got like in this now the seventy four kilo lifters who are juniors are squatting in six hundred pounds, two hundred seventy two yeah. kilo, and it's uh and that's now the benchmark. Now if you're seventy seventy four kilo, and it's only three years later, you need to squat six hundred pounds, I guess. Apparently. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Or, or you have to pull for him and kill that list. Or, or you have to pull for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, the, that's the only thing I can do to beat these guys. Yeah. You go, well, it, the good thing is you got a monster deadlift. And you get the deadlift yeah. last. So whatever you have to pull, you can pull for the win. How is yeah, that? Yeah, can I please try? How are your hips and your back switching between conventional and sumo? Is one better than the other? Or can you, can you offset, hey, if I pull sumo one week, Conventional the other, I'm offsetting the pain, or does that not really work like that? Uh, it's not really the problem in the deadlift uh, for my hips, but uh, and then it's my back. Yeah. It's like, and it's like when I'm on 150 kilos, maybe I can just feel it in my lower back. It's like there's there's something there, like really making it impossible to pull. Yeah. Like I, I know I like can pull more than I did in 2017, but when the pain came that came that early, it's, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. Just that like I know it's there, and I know if if I just like got one year without any injuries, of course that's impossible. But uh, I think I could pull like I don't know a lot. Let, let's. I, I I can just okay. Let's talk about the bike. I want to talk about Dubai because okay, Sweden didn't go the way you wanted, but Dubai, even though your total dropped, this was the competition that you could right some wrongs and turn your year around and end off in a major way. Okay, so yeah. coming into Dubai, when it come, you guys opened with and Jaroslaw opened with three forty five, you missed your opener. Yeah. Now, when you missed your opener, what are you thinking to yourself when you walk in that day and you're warming up? And um, and you go out there and you're a little nervous and you're thinking like this cannot be like Sweden, and you missed your opener and Jerslaw hit his and his opener is quite a few kilo ahead. What are you thinking right here? It was like kind of a strange day because I was uh, going to be engaged at the same day, and I was like, if if I won, or uh, won or lose, it doesn't matter. But if I won, that would be a better story. Yeah, dude, like, after, dude, you, I was like, you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, you, you really like, 
<laughs> Sounds like double pressure. If you, so if you if you lose, you're like, do you still want to do this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, or or just still just, time to do or, it, but it was like on the first squat that was like felt so heavy. Uh, I hit the rack on the way out. I was like, okay, this is heavy. Like <laughs> I've been like doing. I haven't been able to train. I had two trainings with equipment after Europeans to oh. Worlds. So it wasn't a lot of training. No. People would know that you have to do it more. Why did, Why was that? Why did you only do it twice? Uh, because of the... And like my body weight was also high. I went from like 81 down to 74. Oh. So, so you couldn't fit in your equipment? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you were a chunky boy. I have I have other suits as well, but it's, okay. it's still not the same. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it just felt so weird on, on the first squat, like uh, the depth wasn't good enough, and I was like, first feeling like, okay, this is so so heavy. <laughs> oh and my god, that's too. I really want to be engaged today, and I like, want this like, to be a good maybe, maybe not today. You you had the ring in your gym bag. You're like maybe not today. Maybe, maybe I'll choose the maybe European possible. Championship. Like, I guess I'm going to Lithuania. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess we're doing Jesus. Okay. Uh, but after the next one, uh, it didn't feel that good either. But I got. Three wise, I think. So you went up two and a half kilo. And did you purposely go up two and a half kilo? Or did you just not put in your attempt and be like, whatever, leave it at that? No, if I didn't, if I hadn't, uh, if I left it that, it would, it would still be 327.5. You don't go up to 0.5 if you're not oh, getting the Oh, you miss it. Okay, gotcha. So uh, went up to 330, just like it's a uh, better number. <laughs> I'm like, okay, maybe I will do it better now. And I did. Uh, and I, I was like hoping for it to squat like 350 or something. So I was like, okay, if I just get 340, 2.5 kilo PR, okay, it's going, going to feel better. 2 1 red, so almost. Yeah. Uh, um, and Oleg didn't get his two last squats. That's that right. Was, he, that was okay for me <laughs> that he, day. And did you, were you paying attention? So he got his opener, you missed your opener. Things started off um, like, oh, wow, not too sure. Then you got your second, missed your third, but he only got his opener as well. So neither one of you guys are really where you thought you were going to be. It's, it's a little bit of a shakeup. After squats, you, I'm sure you looked over and took a look because were you confident? Were you kind of – because it was far from sure yet. No, it was yeah, yeah. It, it was. Uh, I, I thought like, okay, Oleg didn't get his squat. Squat is his best uh, uh, exercise anyway. So I knew that if I was thirty kilo behind, maybe forty, I can still do it. Yeah. Uh, but it was the Russian as well. Russian almost took it last year. That's right, uh, Sergey Gashmets. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. I told the Russians they can't even pronounce it, so it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I think I can beat Oleg now, but now it's the Russian. Uh, he had like 335, I think. So, you, so he had a bit. So the shakeup right there, you thought Oleg was out of it right there. You're thinking, man, if he didn't get that squat, you, he's pretty much out. Yeah, when I'm at the meet, I, I 
trying to focus on myself, but I'm always watching at the board. So I always know what people are doing. I'm not that kind of lifter that is sitting in a corner and like, do not tell me the weights. I'm like, I always want to know every little thing about yeah. the meat. So we came to the bench and I was like, this is the exercise I need to uh, get some kilos on the Russian and uh, the uh, anabolic. And it wasn't uh, the best warm-up there either. I was like on to 22 or something on the warm-up, but it was really bad. It was like awful. And I was like, okay, here we go again. No, yeah. <laughs> no engagement. Yeah, oh, <laughs> this is where but, I make my spread. Yeah, but when we uh, went out, uh, Oleg didn't have a good day in the bench. It was much worse than the year before. I think he has some shoulder injury, or uh, I think there's something there. His bench has just been going down the last two, three years. And the Russian as well, actually. They both only, um, Sergey also only got his opener. So you, yeah. you went three for three, and they just got their openers. Yeah, and I, and I, I watched the Russian uh, from some lifts. From He lifted at the Nationals in April or something, and he did 8.30. And I watched the movie, and it's like he was really hurt. He had like problems going out with 315 kilos in squat. His standard wasn't good, so I was like thinking, okay, maybe it's not in that good shape. Yeah. But it was in much better shape now. But it's kind of hard to see if he got 10 kilos more than he got. It's like it's really explosive. So it's like you see the bench is like flying up. Yeah, but he didn't get his second and third, I think. He he missed those two, right? He missed them. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did he only get like three good attempts? Uh so he got his second and third squat, his first yeah. bench. He got his first bench, so that's three. Then he got going into deadlifts, his opener deadlift, and then that was all she wrote. And in terms of it ended up being a battle between him and Oleg Jaroslav for silver. The difference being, um, he got his opening dead, and with that, he had an 860 total, and Jaroslav did not miss, despite missing two squats out of three, two benches out of three, Oleg was like, look, I might lose the gold, but I am not, I'm not going out with the broads. Yeah. So he didn't miss a single deadlift, and he ended up equaling 860, but winning on body weight. Um, yeah. And Sergey, I mean, he just needed... You just need two and a half kilo more, but it is what it is, right? That's where temp selection comes in key. Yeah, yeah. So many, so many lifters had a problem with the grip because we were in a swimming pool. Like, uh, there we were lifting on a swimming pool. Well, so really, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Under there were like a fifty meter swimming pool. They what? just had something I don't know, like big block over. <laughs> so I didn't think that that was really good for the grip, like for the uh, humidity. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Many people said there was a problem. Someone didn't. I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I felt it on the warm-up on 260. I was like, oh, shit. What is happening with my hands? I was like, yeah. what? And uh, deadlift is really, and, and you're a massive deadlifter, you're going to cover a lot of ground in your deadlift and really take yeah. it away from these guys. Like, going yeah. into the deadlifts, how confident were you that you were going to take the lead? Where did you think you were looking at it? Uh, we were starting on 310, I yeah, yeah, I did a 310, and right. that was like, I was a little afraid of the grip, that has, ha, haven't been a problem for me for many years, 
So I went out, pulled the 310, I was like, okay. Sometimes I have the problems, or not sometimes, always I have problems with locking out my hips. It's like, when you see me locking out, it's like, you never see me like locking out. It's just hard. It's not like the, what, uh, what Mr. Deadlift? It's yeah, like when he's yeah, yeah, yeah. locking out, it's like, yeah. The thing is, you got hips that work independently of each other. One hip locks yeah. out and the other hip's still there. <laughs> the other hip hasn't joined the party yet. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, that is the problem on the deadlift. <laughs> but uh, I got the first one, uh, went out for the second lift, 322.5. Was about to pull, and then I just look at the bar, it's blood on the bar. And I was like, shall I just stop now and let them, like, I'm liquor on the bar? But I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just pulling. Oh, wow. I so, just, now you're, <laughs> now you're blood brothers. Whose blood was uh, it? I, I'm not sure. I'm not like, hoping on the AIDS. I think it was Sergey. I think you, you and Sergey are blood brothers now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're close. Get AIDS. <laughs> you're close now. You share you share HIV together now. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's a good story. <laughs> uh, after I got that, we went up to three twenty nine to beat my record. But I was like, that record isn't that important. It's my own record. Uh, I don't get any total PR out of doing this yeah. I was like finished for the day I have nothing to give and, and it's because at that point the other gentlemen now were 25 kilo behind and battling it out for silver it's harder yeah. it's harder to give that push mentally when you when you're beat up and you were as beat up as your body was going to be it mentally you just you know if you don't need it there's something to be said for when someone tells you this is for the world championship. That is gold right there. You beat Jaroslav Olek. It is ending 2019. Go get your wedding ring. It's the it's the fairy tale story you've been waiting for. And we have 329. Or you've already won. It's over. That's just for fun. <laughs> You're like, well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm in so much pain. I stopped having fun three years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah, it's like that. It's like people will say, Oh, I will probably think it's so fun. I'm like, eh, It's not that fun when you're doing it. It's fun. It's fun when you're done yeah. and you have a good day. Yeah. That's the only reason. Like, then it's okay. But yeah. on, when the meet is on, it's like, It's, it it's all. I, I'm, th I'm sitting here thinking, like, Why am I doing this to myself? Why do I want this? Why do I want near ups? Why do I want, like, the venture? Everything yeah. feels like hell. Yeah. Is it, like, in, in terms of enjoyable in the competition, is it a lot more stressful using equipment? Because, like, like yeah, knee wrapping, and you got to get it done in time. You, you're, you start losing blood to your legs and, like, the timing of it, getting the bench shirt on, warming up with the bench shirt. I mean, warming up. Without a shirt, takes time and precision. Warming up with a bench shirt, and you got a set amount of time. It's not up to you that you have you have the clock on, and your coach is trying to time you and get you warmed up in time, and you have ungodly amounts of weight hovering over your face and chest. Like during the competition, for those listening, is it a whole lot more stressful doing equipment and not as enjoyable as going classic? Yeah, classic is like I can sleep in the warm up in classic. Yeah. Uh, I remember in 2017, it was my first international meet, and I was like, okay, this is I'm going to be like, this is going to be crazy. And I was like, I think I went, when I went out on lifting one of my lifts, I can just hear someone is talking on the phone. It's like, there were three people there because they were so early. Oh. So, yeah, 
it's it's uh, lifting raw is is really easy. It's like uh, there's nothing you know like in the start of the day what the outcome will be. You yeah. will not pull forty kilo more in the deadlift. You will not like do anything crazy. It's like when you see the worlds next year, you know that Taylor will, is going to win. More likely, well, so basically, in terms of a misgroove, is is that yeah. what it is? Where like if you misgroove with gear, it's catastrophic. If it's like like the difference, the variables change greatly in gear. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like you can have the reps like so much harder, and you can do like, and you can have the like the a fantastic lift, and it will be really easy. You can see that on the Ukrainians, they can have first lift look like hell, yeah. second lift be like the greatest lift ever. Yeah, that, I think that is like kind of cool. I know that like equipped lifting is not it's, it's on the way out. People don't like it anymore, and but. When you see like around the world in different clubs, like you don't have the that type of community when people are helping others out. Yeah. So I understand that people are going to the raw, but I'm I'm now won both uh, raw and equipped, and I feel like the equipped is like more special for me. I have to work harder for the equipped on the day. Mm. It's like. When you're in the shower after meet, you're like banged up, and I was like, "This hurts, but it was worth it." Is it? I think probably the biggest thing with equipped is a bench shirt. The bench shirt looks the the most awkward in terms of like viewing for someone who's not into equipment. The squat looks similar, you know, it's yeah. a squat. The suit doesn't look crazy because it, it's kind of like a thick singlet, essentially yeah. it is. Knee wraps. You're used. People are used to seeing knee wraps. Even in they have they have raw with wraps in some federations. Yeah, so yeah. We're used to that. Deadlift. A deadlift suit is not going to change a deadlift all that much. It you can get some weight out of it, but it's not. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. No. People wrap their heads around it. Again, it visually looks like a singlet, so it looks normal. But a bench shirt is guys can't put their arms down. Girls can't put their yeah. arms down, and it looks like. It looks, people get off put by the way it looks, yeah. and it doesn't look right to them. And I think yeah. equipped powerlifting, if, if they didn't, even if they just took out the bench shirts, I bet you equipped powerlifting would be a whole lot more healthy. In terms of people watching and being into it, you know, probably more viewer friendly because they could wrap their heads around it and be like, well, it's still pretty close. It's, it's, it's close enough, anyways. But I think yeah. the bench shirt is such a crazy intangible. Like, if you put on a bench shirt, you're like, this isn't even the same sport, <laughs> right? Like, if someone who's never used it before tried a bench shirt, they'd be like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, crazy. it's difficult. And, but I think it's it's different for people going into the sport right now. When I went into the sport in 2007, uh, 2007 people were like, of course you need the suit. There, yeah. there was no alternative. Yeah. You had to use it. And I've been using this for so many years. And it's like, for me, it's like nothing special. It has always been there. Yeah. But of course, when you start now, of course you will go for the raw. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Easy to wrap your head around. And, and I think visually, though, for like the mainstream public, when they watch, if they're trying to relate to it, they can't relate like a bench shirt or whatnot, and the weight is crazy, then they're like, why are you using a bench shirt when it increases your bench press that much? Like, why don't you just take the bench shirt off and see who wins? You know what I mean? Like, they think yeah. that way, um, and they don't understand why do you have it on. If it's, you know what I mean? That's what, and it's, yeah. hard to, it's hard to explain. What do you say to yeah. them? It's like, 
I don't know. It just is the way it is. It's just different. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to make this uh, so much more difficult to yeah. like. It's it's like it's two different sports. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I I think it's uh, cool in a way. I think that like when I do a personal record without equipment, it's like man, okay, it was <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't that hard, but when I'm like benching to 50 to 60 with equipment, it's like it's so much harder. It's so much like it's scarier though, isn't it? Like yeah, it's scary. Yeah, I can feel. Uh, yeah, I feel that I'm dying on every lift, <laughs> but still, it's cool. Yeah, like it is. If that goes wrong, 250 kilos over your face, like that, it's it is a little bit. It's a whole nother ball game that way. Yeah, it is. So. After you won the world championships, you finished yeah. 2019 the way you wanted to. You beat Jaroslav Olek, um, and, and then he had a battle as well for silver medal. What was the feeling when you realized, I am the 74-kilo world champion now? Despite everything you had gone through, you got the ring in your bag. Walk me through the feeling of winning and then proposing to your now fiancé. Uh, it was like really a relief just like have this done. I've been thinking for so many years. And after the meet was done, we went to the hotel. I was planning to like take her out on the pier, like to uh, give her the ring there. She, she was like, no, no, we can't go there now. We're going to eat instead. I'm like, yeah, but that was just like, she was like, no, no, no. Like, okay. I took the ring in my pocket, and uh, you can really see it's like a ring, uh, a box with a ring. And I was like, okay. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I was just like, make an interview after lifting, put up the phone with the selfie cam, and just we talked about the, the meat. And I said to her, like, but uh, let's talk a little about us. And she was like, that. Ah, Take it off. Like, can't talk about this. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I went down on my knees and I like opened the box on Aster and I couldn't like finish it. I was like, tears were coming and oh, wow. she was starting crying. I was starting crying and it was a really fine moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. And now we have it on the video. So that was perfect. No kidding, man. Dude, you got to, have you posted this? Are you going to post that video? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. I was going to say, I'll repost if you post, but that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you probably do. Um, yeah. Wow, man. Maybe that is your signature performance. Maybe that is the big... You know, I was just talking about how, you know, earlier in the same conversation, how you'll never have that one competition that was like, that's the one. That's the perfect one. You know what? I mean, that kind of... I don't know if you'll ever replicate that story, man. That, well, like, that, if you, that you, was a perfect day for me, like, in, in the whole, like, I was like, if I didn't win this, it would still be like, okay, probably isn't the, that, it's still a big uh, share of my life, but yeah. it's not as huge as it was before, but still, like, there comes something after publicity, and that's like a family, yeah, yeah a life. perspective. So, yeah, but then I, when I won as well, it was like, it was really special. And there was someone who like uh, posted uh, Jaroslav's uh, good lift, uh, like his profile, and you can only see like first places. Yeah. And that's, okay, this is special. Yeah. And, and it was special 
Also because the Russian didn't beat him. Yeah. Still the same, but still didn't beat him. So I am the only one That's beating right. him. And that, I'm going down history for that. Yes. That's the thing. And, and, it, and it had to be, um, yeah, you're right. If, if, if Sergey beat him, it would have been two guys beat him that year, and it wouldn't have been as big. Now you are the only one to beat Oleg for an IPF world title and Taylor for an IPF world title. You beat both of them for a world title in both classes. And not to mention, like, you, you the guy you beat for the world title, Oleg, that's like beating, you know, ending Muhammad Ali's reign. And then at the very end, and going into this, it's almost like, um, I like the way you put it, it's like a metaphor in terms of a story. Okay, if this is a story, and in terms of like a metaphor for life, and I love sports metaphors for life, everyone loves that story where it's about sport, but if there's a bigger picture to it, and um, you're going into this, and the doctors are like, the end's come. You know, two bad hips, the end's come. And you, and the way you had said, you just you want to end on your own terms, you, you had lofty goals. You had the most dominant champion of all time, and you just beat him for the world championships. The only man in history to beat both those guys. And when you turn around, you propose to your wife, and you said that was like a life goal for after powerlifting as well. It yeah. almost helps. So the easement, now when you look ahead in the future, you're like, I got more than powerlifting in my life. As a matter of fact, this is bigger than powerlifting. It's more important than powerlifting life in general. Yeah, of course. And it almost set it into right after the competition. Like it almost puts it all in perspective. You know, when you're leading into this world championship, you're facing all these questions. What am I if I'm not powerlifting? Who am I if I'm not a powerlifter? What goals do I have if I don't have powerlifting goals? And then to show up, hit that major goal you had, turn around, get proposed to your wife, and all of a sudden, you're like, I got a whole lot more perspective. Like, going in there, I wasn't sure. And then winning and, and getting engaged the whole nine, it's, it's a little different coming out of it. Yeah. And I think maybe you're right with, like, this was my signature day, signature meet, uh, because I will never have, like, that pressure on the same day. <laughs> it will be, I will, I will never have the double pressure. Dude, numbers are numbers. Who cares? Look, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what right now. The only person who's going to care about the members are yourself and maybe two or three other people who even know what that means. Because there's yeah. some people in other weight classes don't even necessarily know. Is that good for 74? And they're 83. It's like some people don't even know. Numbers are numbers. To the rest of the world, when they hear your story, they want, I won the world championships, beat the longest reigning world champion of all time, and got engaged that night. You don't get a better story than that, my friend. <laughs> That's it. You should make a movie out of that. Dude, if you're like, I wish you're like, I wish I had 15 more kilo. They're like, I don't sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, Disney isn't like we were going to do the movie until we found out you didn't hit 900, right? Like yeah, now true. we're not going to. No one knows that. Either. You're right. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that's bigger perspective too in life. So looking at this. You, now you've accomplished everything you've accomplished. And now that you can look back and be like, look, I've won multiple world tri titles in equipment, out of equipment. People might be like, well, who did you beat? Well, have you heard of Taylor Atwood? He's quite good. He's quite good. Have you heard of him? He's decent. Have you heard of Jarvis Law? Yeah, he's all, he's, he's all right. I beat him as well. Um, and you've done everything you've accomplished. And knowing everything that like in terms of the injuries and whatnot, what are your plans for the future? Are you telling yourself, we, we touched up on a little bit, 
But are there things that you want to hit before you leave? Is there numbers? Is it titles? Or is it, I'm going to take it meet by meet. Whatever happens, happens. Now I'm having fun because I've already, I've, I've inflated my resume and nobody else has done what I've done. Well, how do you see it? I'm not like 100% sure yet. I haven't really talked to my coach after meet, but I think I'm, I want to lift up Europeans, try to beat the record, like do 920, 930, just like to just uh, show some of my potential. Yeah. Um, if I'm, I'm not sure what I'm thinking about yet, but if I'm, if I can do that, maybe I will go up to the 83. I'm like, I have a world title now in both the 83 and the 74, but maybe for like, just to feel better, I maybe will go up in 83 because we had the worlds in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. in 2020 so home court yeah that was when I won in 2013 that was over uh, that was the same place so that was like a special thing is this hey look I'm not trying to write your movie for you okay I'm not trying to write this movie but all I'm saying is and I'm also not trying to retire you here but all I'm saying is how much of a movie is that if you end it the same way you started it in the same place in Norway <laughs> But you're too. You might be too young to think about this. But I'm just yeah, saying it, this is a crazy coincidence. Yeah. The, the the biggest problem about that is that the World Games is the year after. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, I hey, can't do it now. Only... I need like the title now in 2020, and I get I got the silver in the World Games 2013, and I I think I need a gold in the World <laughs> Games as well. Just like then I've done it all. Yeah. Maybe after that, I will think I'm satisfied. Probably not, because <laughs> Dude, I, I will never be. I hear, man, I feel like you're going to keep saying, but then again, in 2022, <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. always, you know, Austin Perkins is looking good. Maybe the kid's going to push him. <laughs> you know, we, there's always something, right? Yeah, I, I have maybe like two Europeans, nationals with equipment, and... Um, and the world's with equipment next year, I think. And, and I hope that I can like train so good the next year that I can try to do the roll lifting again. Mm. I really want to like lift against Taylor again, but yeah. then lift with a body that can take it. Yeah. Not coming like doing 700, but like do 800 plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, for what it's going to do to your body, the way it's going to beat up your body, it's almost not worth it to put it through that if you're going to be disappointed with the performance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it's not. So those are the, the future goals. Um, and when is that then? The next European equipped? When is that? That's Marchish or May, I think. May? Okay. Yeah. So and is there anything in the meantime before that or just rest up and keep the body in shape? Yeah, try to get the body in shape, try to like, then I can pull 300 kilos in training again without feeling any pain. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the last time I felt that. You were a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, when I was like, uh, like Austin, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 11 years ago. Hey, hey let, me get your, let me get your opinion on this. Who had better hair, Michael C. or Taylor Atwood? And let me Michael. say... Yeah, I get sick. You know what? You know what? It, 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 I, I got a, I, I posted that question. 
Um, because his way he had waves like the ocean, my friend. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, Russell Orr, he actually messaged me and he said, "My friend, do you know how hard it is for a black man to get those waves? Thou- not not hundreds, thousands of brushes to get it as perfect as that." Taylor wakes up, throws a little product. He's got he's got his hair on point. Yeah. What Michael put into his hair, and, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm sold." You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm thinking Michael C took him in there. Yeah, he should, he should have got the, the national title just from the hair. No, I think he did. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even need to pull. Like, no, no, no. That, he, he is hitting PRs all over the place. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but well, when we talk about, um, just like when I just uh, got to think about it, um, at the Europeans now, at the Raw Meet. Yeah. Um, you remember the guy in 2016 that uh, took Oleg, no, took uh, Taylor as well? The guy from Belarus? Yes. He is back now. Well, okay. I actually want to get your opinion on that because in yeah. in like 15 minutes, I got a preview show for the European Championship. Um, so I actually want to get your opinion on some of the European Championships. Yeah. If you have some picks there, who, who, are you, who should we be looking out for? For anyone mm-hmm. listening. I just need to look at... Take a little look. Thing. Let's take a little uh, look. Let's see. Let's see here. Because in the 83s, uh, we got the Swede we are talking about with the world record deadlift. We also got Owen Hubbard. Uh, 105s is pretty stacked. 74s is pretty stacked. Obviously, the women's on it as well. Okay, if we start with, uh, like, uh, 59, I don't know any of the lifters there. Uh, 66, Eddie Berglund. Yeah. I think it's going to be a win from him. Look. Yeah. Uh, so 74. So yeah, the Russian, but, but he's, so he's a master now. And I want to say, Alexander Eriksson from Sweden, he has totaled in the 700s. Um, he's had some inconsistent performances, but he's good. And he's young, man. Like it, Yeah, he looks, he looks good now. He's been training. I think that uh, Tushera is tra- training him now. Is he? So, okay. Yeah. So when I looked at his training, it looks really good. So I think he's going to do like 700 plus. I think so. He's hit 700 plus previously, and his total dipped a little. He's the youngest of everybody in the top five, and I think he has the most potential to grow. The other gentlemen from Belarus, Russia, were born in the 70s or masters. If anything, I think they're holding or maybe even dipping. If their totals have dipped. Yeah, but I see the total from uh, the guy from Belarus. I think it's the same total he did in 2016. I, I think so maybe been, now, after two, three years, I think I, he I, has been stronger. You think so? He's born in 76. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to just say. Look at the, just look at the, uh, Oleg. He did his best meet in 2017. Yeah, but Oleg is hey. There's one Oleg. Yeah, that's there's true. One that's true. Oleg. There's one. Oleg. There's a reason why he's he's he is who he is. Eighty three. Yeah. Eric Carlson, Owen Hubbard, phenomenal showdown. Yeah. Um You know Hubbard's Hubbard's an amazing. I'm not gonna give all my picks because I'm gonna do it next episode. But yeah. that's a phenomenal showdown. Ninety three is Gustav and Anatoly. The rematch. Two yeah. young dudes. Not born in 95 and born in 96, two young guys, Anatoly, world champion, Gustav, silver medalist, that is the two best in the world head-to-head. 105s, Emil Norlin, blonde hair, blue-eyed, 
poster boy uh, from Sweden, junior world champion going into the Open. But he's taking on uh, Vladislav Samwat. This can't be right. Look, Sam Wise was born in 1970. This dude is bodied up. Like, there's no way this guy's turning 50 next year. That can't be right. Who are you thinking about? Sam Watt, 105 from, from uh, Britain. This dude looks like he's chiseled from black marble. Yeah, that was crazy, though. I didn't see that, but yeah. He, he, I, I, I'm telling you, my man, it, born in 1970, no way. This dude is shredded. This dude is ungodly shredded. Like he, he, he's pushing fifty. He's fifty next year. There's no way that's right. That's got to be a mistake. I know he's a master, but he's almost like if you see this guy on Instagram, I'm serious, man. He, he'll make you feel too. He'll make you keep your sweater on. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, and the one of fives right down to Joshua Greenfield, who has open world records for squat. I mean, the one of five yeah. is absolutely stacked. That's probably yeah, the most good. stacked division. 105 is probably the one of the ones I'm most excited to see. 74 is obviously. I mean, man, you know what? 93 is a hell of a battle. 83 is a hell of a battle. I mean, I th- on the men's side, it's it's going to be a world war going on here. Battle for Europe. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm going to fully break this down. Is there anybody you think we should keep our eyes on? Hmm. Besides the obvious? I might think that uh, Gustav is going to take this meet. Oh, wow. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's capable. Good. He's capable. And I, and I also think that the Belarus guy in 74. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard anything from him since he uh, beat Taylor. So, I think that's also going to be, like, maybe a crazy performance. I'm not yeah. sure. It could also be, like, he's like me and doing, like, 650. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe. It's hard to call, man. He's born in 76. Yeah, yeah. He, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But we know there's yeah. there's definitely some 74s that last forever. Like our, yeah. like our friend Jaroslav. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. Well, anyways, my friend, I'm, I got to grab a bite to eat before I do. I'm about to do this preview show right now with uh, Jason Tremblay from The Strength Guys. And um, it's going to be, look, it looks it looks like a hell of a meet. You going to be watching this one? Yeah, I will try to. I think they're, yeah, I will watch it over that work. Yeah, yeah. Well, you go, you go off the record, you're going to watch that work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that your bosses watch King of Lips. But, yeah. uh, but sounds good. Listen, much appreciated for you to come on here, my friend. Um, you had a phenomenal Thanks. 2019. It's a beautiful story. It almost makes what happened in Sweden made what happened in Dubai an even better story. It, yeah, it's it, even stronger. It, it definitely makes it, like, it's more entertaining, it's more dramatic. If you were just winning and winning and then you won everything, there's no drama. But the fact that you went through everything you went through, oh, and by the way, you had that ring in your pocket the whole time. I mean, it was, <laughs> it's an amazing story, my friend. Um, so hats off to you, congratulations, and keep in touch, man. We love, the door's yeah. always open to come back. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one, buddy. See ya. And then is the 74 kilo champion, uh, Kajel dethroning uh, Oleg Jaroslaw in the 74 kilo open. That's with equipment. Um, and like I said, I got to go smash some food right quick because we got the European championships rolling around. Don't go nowhere. Six pack lab. And please, 
give us high ratings. Put this up in your in your Instagram stories and tell everybody about it because guys like my man um, Kajel deserve it. Until next time, peace.